Are you prepared for life's unexpected twists and turns? Lockdowns, natural disasters, power outages, or any situation that makes it tough to get your hands on a good meal. Time waits for no one, and neither do emergencies. PetePrepStore.com is the ultimate in long-term emergency food preparedness and supplies. You're not just buying food, you're buying peace of mind. Our meals are designed to be nutritious, delicious, and have a 25-year shelf life. Yes, you heard that right. 25 years. We source high-quality non-GMO ingredients and use advanced freeze-drying technology to lock in taste and nutrients. Forget last-minute runs to the grocery store. Pete Prep Store is a click away and delivers right to your doorstep. Why risk the well-being of you and your loved ones? With Pete Prep Store, you're always prepared. Make the smart choice today. Visit PetePrepStore.com and place your order today. This isn't just food, it's your lifeline in times of crisis. Don't wait for an emergency to prepare. Be proactive. PetePrepStore.com. Be prepared. Be secure. Be ready. Always. What is our common bond truly? Freedom. Freedom. Without freedom, you can't be a Christian no matter what denomination you belong to. You can't be a Buddhist. You can't own a donut shop. You can't drive from here to Oregon. You can't be an American because that's what it's all about. And it's the only thing that it's all about. Nothing else. Nothing else. It's about freedom. There's a time to pray and there's a time to stand.
This is the time of the evening when the band gets to have a drink. You're right here. Is everybody having a good time so far right here? Yeah, when he got me down, got me so I don't know what I'm doing. 
Thank you, and have a good night. <laughs> What's going on? Did you like that? I liked it. I hope you guys enjoyed it. People were sitting in there, dopamine acts like, is there a show? Yeah, this is the biggest show on earth right there. Huh? That's right. F Joe Biden. F Joe Biden. F Joe Biden. Is that what you're saying? Mm. Let's go, Brandon. Is that good? It's good. Deb Jordan. All the havoc we we raise when we change seats. Huh? <laughs> when we change our chairs. Did we change our chairs? <clears throat> we changed our chairs. Mm. We did. Um, somebody just said Deb strikes me of a more of a R and B kind of girl. <clears throat> you are right. Yeah. Yeah. I love R&B. You know this about me. Yeah. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Mm-hmm. Say good morning to everybody. So good morning. I don't have a monitor, Pete, so you'll have yeah, to. It's yeah, That's why I don't I said, know if I'm on the air or not. So you are. I'm taking my cues from the main, from my screen in front of me, and it's always on a delay. So good morning, everybody. Um, we had a few don't, things that we had to fix, so. Don't say cues uh, because... Next thing you know, you'll be bailing on them and doing fire alarm videos. <laughs> no what? kidding. No kidding. Right? Hmm? Oh, somebody said they're loving my long rock and roll hair. Yep. Yeah. I'll grow, I'll cut it off and then grow it out and then cut it off and grow it out. You know, uh, you guys are amazing. So good morning to Frank's speech. I'm assuming that Frank's speech is up. And everybody's up and going. Good morning. Do you have speakers going on over there? I don't know. Let me go check. Keep talking. Um, good morning to all of our friends over there at Locals. We appreciate you. We're happy that you're with us this morning. And like I said, sorry about the delay, but we really had a couple of things that we had to fix camera-wise, and Pete got that done. So uh, we're just kind of looking around to make sure everything's okay now. But you guys are so patient and enduring and we appreciate you um just say a big quick hello to our friends over on rumble rumble too you guys are also amazing good morning pete and deb says danny april good morning to you danny and let's see who else is shire says our star's sick history repeats itself yes and Angie, just let us know that all the streams are great. Thank you, Angie. Fantastic. Nah, look at you. I'm a little too close to the camera again. But <clears throat> are you having fun? <laughs> have fun doing. See, I have a delay. I can't tell how long ago it was that you did that. But um, let's see. Just a big uh, howdy to everybody across the board. So. We have a lot going on this morning. 
We are going to bring to you guys here in just a few minutes um, the Tucker Carlson episode last night, which was completely amazing. And there's Alice Beebe with a $19 uh, Rumble rant says hugs and kisses. Well, hugs and kisses to you too. And then somebody said, I bet Deb could sing or sing a sick barracuda. I have been known to do that before, actually. Uh, we have a video of it somewhere back in the day. Um, and uh, now what was I saying? Oh, so I love the chat rooms. You guys are amazing. <laughs> you keep you keep me entertained to keep everything going. So that's pretty cool. There we go. Now I can see myself. Thank you, Pete. I can tell what's happening here. That's fantastic. It's kind of like when my... <laughs> oh, when... Oh. Um, when my main monitor, when my monitor goes out, I, I can't tell where I'm at and see where I'm at, uh, you know, at, in the in the moment. So it makes it pretty tough. But you guys just hang with us. We're getting this all straightened out. And so. Um, wow. <laughs> wow. There we go. There you go, Pete. You're amazing. Oh my God. You are a one man band and we love you. So, you guys, uh, like I was saying, uh, Tucker Carlson did a very important show last night. And we're going to be playing that for y'all. And um, we, we're going to be talking about this, Pete, because it is so important, the message. That, that video would not play, by the way. It wouldn't? No. Oh. Okay. <laughs> no, it wouldn't play. Mm. Yeah. No, it wouldn't. Oh, well, keep going. Don't, yeah. don't stop there. So Hold we're going to be playing it though, right? As soon oh as we God. figure it out. So, but um, there's a problem sometimes with that video in particular, and we often forget about it. <laughs> yeah, forget about that issue with the Tucker Carlson videos. But um, it's super important that you guys listen to this this morning. And then we're going to be covering... Um, we are also going to be covering the Mel K. Yes, and we're going to be covering exactly how much money, um, how much money is being poured into Ukraine by the private sector. Forget about what the government, what your federal taxes are paying, okay, and what they're pouring into this war to keep this war going. The money oh that God. is being poured into Ukraine by private business, by the private sector here in the United States and in Germany and a few other places in Europe is astounding. It is astounding. And you guys are going to be blown away by this. Nobody's talking about this. For some reason, Pete, that's not an issue. And then Pete has an interview with Mel Kay that you guys are also going to love. So we got a power pack. Uh, two and a half hours coming up here. So um, I hope it was, well, it was worth the wait. I promise you that. In the meantime, thank you for supporting us. Thank you over on Rumble for all your Rumble rants. Keep it going. We need your support now more than ever. And Pete and I listened to Mike Lindell last night and uh, they were going over some of the headlines and some of the reporting um, that was out, that's been out there. Uh, in the past, I don't know, he said a year. I mean, it's almost like every day, right? 
Uh, but for months now, weeks now, they've been going after Mike Lindell. And he is, I mean, the deep state is going after him. It's fascism when corporate, um, you know, corporate America attacks, uses the government, the government uses other corporate American because it's fascism, you guys. Wait till you, wait till you hear some of this stuff. We'll be talking about that. But you know what? Mike Lindell needs your support and we need your support now more than ever. Please, 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 if you can afford to, please, if you can afford to, um, please leave us a rumble rant. Go to Locals, join our Locals and be a subscriber over at Locals. Um, the, the mods can drop you um, the address where you can mail a check uh, into mail what? a check to us it is amazing the support when the things that we can do with your support and without it we have to cut back on shows and we have to cut back on um, our employees I mean it just has to be done because that's the way um, unfortunately the economy is right now so please again if you can afford it, make sure that you do it. Thank you, Angie, for dropping that. To, to mail a letter, a donation or a gift to Peter Santilli, P.O. Box 30122, Cincinnati, Ohio, 45230. 45230. Um, if you can't help us monetarily, please make sure that you've gone over on all of your channels and the, wherever you're listening to us and give us a thumbs up give us a thumbs up uh share our content as much as you possibly can all of these things help to propel the pete santilli show and there's bill tennis with a 20 dollars rumble rant it says keep it rolling pete and deb thanks for everything thank you bill you are um quite the investor in our show and you're always supporting us and we appreciate you so just remember that you can go to Mike Lindell's, um, you can go to mypillow.com forward slash Pete, use promo, promo code Pete. It's Christmas time. Make sure you get your Christmas started and believe it or not. I mean, I don't know about you guys, but I always complain that they start putting out Christmas stuff in October. And then all of a sudden I'm like, oh my gosh, I'm out of time, right? <laughs> I'm out of time. So now is the time to do your Christmas shopping. Get it done. Get it done early. Uh, the slippers, there's a tremendous sale going on over there right now. The slippers. Um, put a basket together for your favorite person with sheets and towels and all of these beautiful things. They had a beautiful candle to it. And and uh, and thank the one you love for everything that they do for you throughout the year. Oh, my goodness. Thank you, thank Lucy. Thank you, Lucy. Thank you so much, Lucy, for fifty for a fifty dollar Rumble rant. It, it listen, even even a dollar goes a long way when when it Thank comes you, Lord, to for my birth. when it comes What's to paying bills, right? So we need to keep we need to keep everything going. And I will pray for and tomorrow. They, I don't know what that is, but huh? I, thank I don't know you, Lord, what that is. Should I be quiet? That is a prayer we're hearing here. Not nice. Yeah, it is. So, Lord. so you guys, like I said, already started my Christmas shopping, says VLH58. Yes. 
and Karen says, oh, my word, thank you all for the beautiful support. Yes, it is amazing. It is amazing when we all come together and we keep the show on the air for another week, right? <laughs> we're like everybody else right now. We're flying by the seat of our pants, really. I mean, we're just kind of on the edge um, all the time here. And it's not just us. It's across the board, um, you know, so. Can I, can I ask you something? Sure. <clears throat> uh, can we? Can we just like switch teams? No. And just like go be chunk yogurt and, <laughs> no. and that, that baby killing. Uh, no, I'd rather kid. I'd rather be poor. Who's that? Huh? I'd rather be poor and living in a cave. I just cannot do it. Well, we are. Mm-hmm. <laughs> well, we're in a bunker. Yeah. <laughs> yeah, we're in a cave. We have a pretty nice little setup here. So. Uh huh. I'm not complaining. No. It's not the Ritz, but it's you know, but it's ours, right? Yes. That's right. It is. All right. So uh, Elon Musk has done something nefarious with Twitter. He has? Yes, he has. <laughs> what do you do? What when do you, you do now? When you download an MP4 video, okay, uh -huh. it says, you cannot use this. It will not be imported by regular technology. You must be on Mars to watch this video. <laughs> I'm like, oh, my God. You, you must have Starlink on Mars, right? Oh, that's funny. That's hilarious. So true, though, right? You know what, though? Uh, okay. By the way, uh, speaking of Elon Musk, can I make a comment about him? You can. Uh, so everyone's wondering about Elon Musk. The entire world is pissed off at him. That should tell you everything you need to know. <laughs> okay? Yeah. So for those of you that are wondering whether or not you should trust Elon Musk. Oh, I don't trust every... him. As far as I can throw No, but, but, okay. Thank you, Callie. Callie 7300 for a $25 Rumble rant. Love you, Pete and Deb. Thanks for all you Thank do. Thank you so much. Oh, see, they even appreciate us when we're just like... <laughs> when we're fiddling like I yeah, am right now? No, like when we're trying to pull everything together and we're just crashing and burning. They, they still love us and, you know, they stick with us and hang oh out. Oh, God. We, we appreciate you all. Okay. You're the hardcore Pete, Pete Santilli show listeners when, uh, and watchers, you know, everybody who hangs with us. There should be an award for that, shouldn't there? What's that? The thing, for people who just keep, people who just hang in there, you know, just hang in there with us, right? You guys are awesome. Switch loves your show. Thank you, Switch. You guys switch uh, to USA. Oh, that's kind of cute. Switch to USA. Yeah, I like that too. Mm-hmm. <laughs> oh, man. Yeah, trust Elon, I don't know. I mean, it's not even a matter of trusting. He's entertainment as far as I'm concerned. He's entertainment. He went down to the border. What people are tending to forget here. Let me wait is, till this updates here. Yep. He went down to the border to test his live streaming. He did it himself, which is like really, really cool. But I think once he got down there, people were like, wow, he doesn't have a clue what he's doing. And he's not very good at this, but people were just amazed that, you know, some, a billionaire would get up out of there and, and, and you know, he, he doesn't even dress like a billionaire. He's one of those people, right? You know, he's got Oh money. my goodness. Guess what I had to do? What? To get this done. I literally had to use a special encoder 
really expensive mm -hmm. encoder to totally reconfigure the format of the file because Elon Musk has his gremlins in there. <laughs> of course. J Dog of uh, 5640 with a $10 Rumble rant. Thank you. Thank you. And Alice BB, Pete and Deb, you're bringing sexy back. Oh, that's so sweet. Oh, wow. And Biker Mom underscore Patriot, $5. Best part of waking up is Pete and Deb. Good morning. I love you both. Oh, we love you too. We love you too. We do. Uh, yeah. We love you so much that I'm going to. Uh, and you know what? We love Mike Lindell. Here's the deal. Um, we have the left that is literally just obliterating everything. Our constitution, mm -hmm. our president, our way of life, our voting. Mm -hmm. They want to chop your child's penis off. You know, they want to do all kinds and of crazy boobs. stuff. I mean, it's just satanic people. Mm -hmm. Stop them from becoming adults. I mean, just chemically castrating all your children. The, all the money it's flows crazy. over there. Uh, like when you're Cassidy Hutchison and they need you to make up a bunch of crap about Trump, you mm -hmm. get a book deal. Yeah. She's a multimillionaire. Yeah. Well, She'll get like a $600,000 advance on her book. Well, the, the right is very uh, much guilty of that, too. Uh, Rupert Murdoch gave Ron DeSantis millions of dollars to, to write a book and run for president. It, it is insane, okay, what's happening between the media and, and, these, and, these, uh, and these groups and our politicians in D.C. It's money's flowing. And money is flowing to Ukraine. I can't wait to talk about this. I was hot on this last night and nobody's talking about it. And we're going to because no. this is a travesty. What what's happening right before our eyes and nobody's and and nobody is picking up on it. Hmm. I say that's BS. I say people are purposefully not talking about this. I think they are, you know, because the, the average everyday American that's just getting up in the morning and they're not on Twitter and they're not watching the news. They just get up, go to work. They don't, they don't, they have no idea. They have no idea where the money's going and where it's coming from. It's amazing. It will amaze you guys. So, um, yes, make sure you guys go over to, um, mypillow.com forward slash Pete use promo code Pete. Make sure you get your Christmas shopping done. Use Mike Lindell to do your Christmas shopping this year, just like you do every year, right? We have for the last two or three years supported Mike Lindell. People, I'm telling you, people love these products. There's nothing like these towels and these sheets. They're, you know, you can get them the same exact thing you got them last year and they're gonna go, thank you, because I loved what you gave me last year and I wanted another set of sheets or I wanted another set of towels. People are going to appreciate it. And you can go to mystore.com and uh, you can you can shop USA over there. Use promo code Pete, help That's Mike Lindell, rude. help us, and it rude. will be amazing. So the money is flowing to the left without a doubt. It is flowing to the left. And, and the, the left, right, the right, Mm -hmm. is literally, at least in our case, uh, choking us off. Sad to say. Mm. It's true. Hmm? Well, we've gotten back to pre-Trump here. I mean, hmm. and it's worse than it was. 
but it is so much pre-Trump, right? Where, you know, as much as socialists want to want to carry on about, you know, how we need to spread the wealth and nobody needs to be wealthy, but they tend to get wealthy, uh, very, very wealthy. They get wealthy. War is a racket. Remember that. There are there's people out there making money. Why are they? Why are they investing so heavily into Ukraine? Because there's money to be made. This whole war thing is BS. It is because we're going to talk about the idea that you would start rebuilding a country and still be saying that you're afraid Russia is going to bomb that said country. And I, oh my gosh, when you look at it, it's like, it is such a farce. It just really is when you see it. Okay. You want to see something? Yeah. Mm -hmm. But Before we get into the really good stuff, you want to see it? We're going to be talking about uh, Tucker Carlson first because. No, we're not. What, we're not? No. Oh, I thought we were going to play that first. No, well, there's consequences to Here, watch, watch this. elections. Watch this. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. Really? Mac video. Why would that not be playing? Hmm? Can people hear that? I can't hear it. No. No. You see. I want everybody to listen to these people. Hmm? No, no, no audio. Okay, let's see. I feel like it's disrespectful to go. the people that believe in Jesus. The display depicts what appears to be a beheaded Jesus held in the hands of the devil, surrounded by nuns and a priest. If the people that find it offensive, let them, let them bypass this neighborhood. <laughs> Is it protected under free speech? Yeah, but does that make it right? You know, that's my real question. And would you do this with another religion? Because I don't think you would. Since the post went viral, Mariana says he and his then-girlfriend parted ways after she received numerous threats about losing her job. My girlfriend of three years has been harassed and online bullied uh, with her and her family business. And due to that, um, you know, she asked me to have this removed. Do you see yourself ever taking it down? Absolutely not. Hello, everybody. Stephanie Jimenez here. Thank you. So guess what? They have a right to do that. And I have a right to oppose it. Yeah. I have a duty, actually. See, that's what they forget. Yeah. That that you, they have a right to do it, yeah. but you have a right to oppose it. Absolutely. Yeah, absolutely. They have a right and to protest it, right? I'm not going to tell them to take it down. I'm mm-hmm. going to take a freaking grill gun over there and set it on fire. <laughs> well, I mean, right? you can't go on their property. No. Short of that. But you can stand out on the sidewalk. Yeah. And just set off my grill gun. What do you think? Mm. What do you think? Mm Mm-hmm. Yeah. Uh, Ladies and gentlemen, let me me show you something here. Ready? Deb Jordan. (laughs) Debbie Debbie. Mm -hmm. Mm-hmm. Look at this. We have... (laughs) She axed him. (laughs) 
<laughs> that is appropriate for Halloween, right? Look yep. at that. Uh, My Pillow 2.0. Buy one, get one free. Get your slippers over there. Use promo code Pete, of course. Make sure you use promo code Pete. Go to mypillow.com uh, forward slash Pete. Use promo code Pete. And your camera's so jacked up that, you know, we just, that's okay. I'll fix it. No, no, no. You're good. Why is it jacked up? I don't know. Because oh, I, I because see. Because I jacked it up. All right. Let's listen to Tucker Carlson. You ready? <laughs> you ready for Tucker? Yep. Okay. This is important, actually. It's a great interview. Mm-hmm. Okay. Yep. Um, let's make sure we got good audio on it. We should. If you've ever wondered why it's taken you so long to figure out what's happening now in American politics, don't blame yourself. It's not your fault. It's hard for most Americans to comprehend the total dishonesty of American liberalism. Virtually nothing the liberal says is true. And the lies are not ordinary lies. The lies are so brazen, so aggressive and unending that it's difficult for a normal person to understand what's happening. 30 years ago, for example, liberals began to lecture us softly at first and then in increasingly high volume about tolerance. How could you have known then that they planned, in fact, to usher in the most intolerant age in American history? They've done that now, but few people saw it coming. We shouldn't make the same mistake again. Liberals are now telling us they plan to protect American democracy, and that's the clearest possible sign that they intend to end it. 13 months from this week, the United States will hold a national election. In a democracy, citizens can vote for the candidate of their choice. That's not just a feature, it's the defining fact of the electoral system. The people rule. They can send anyone they want to Washington because they're in charge. But this year, in the name of protecting democracy, liberals have decided to strip Donald Trump's name from the ballot in states across the country. Trump is the front runner in the presidential race. He's currently beating Joe Biden in the polls. Yet liberals have decided that you should not be allowed to elect him president. That's not democracy, it's the opposite, it's totalitarianism. Just this morning, Donald Trump appeared in court in New York in a civil case brought by the state's attorney general that was designed explicitly to keep him out of the White House. That case is part of a larger legal barrage against Trump that so far includes a total of 91 felony counts, every one of them politically motivated. But today's civil case is especially absurd. In fact, it's hard to overstate its ridiculousness. In sum, Trump stands accused of inflating the value of collateral used to secure loans, loans that he has already paid back with interest. In other words, there is no injured party in this case. The biggest banks in the world assessed the risk and they made a profit, as they almost always do. Not a single person Mm -hmm. was defrauded. President Trump has already paid it back. Trump and his children are in the process of losing their homes and their businesses. Here's MSNBC's live coverage of the hearing today. And as you watch, pay special attention to the judge in the case, Arthur Ngoran. And there you see President Trump, uh, the former president, I should say, next to his attorney, and that's Chris Kyes, who we expect to make the opening statements here. And then this, I I guess, is uh, Judge Ngoran. There he is, the judge, mugging like he's on stage in a middle school play, grinning, preening for the camera. Arthur Ngoran is thrilled to be on MSNBC. It's nauseating. 
This is not a legal proceeding. This is a grotesque parody of the system that our forefathers created, the fairest in the world, that in the years since has been seized by power worshipers like Arthur and Gorin. This is a dangerous moment. Without a legitimate legal system, people will no longer follow the law and the country will collapse. This is not about Trump. This is about preserving the United States of America. But Trump is at the center of the story. And so today for an overview of what exactly the strategy to prevent Trump from running for president and to end our current system, we turn to Victor Davis Hanson, who joins us now. Professor, thank you very much for joining us. Thank so, you for having me, Tucker. Before we get into the details of the legal assault on Trump, which in my view isn't really about Trump, tell us what you think is at stake here. What's the overview? Well, I think they've come to the conclusion that Trump represented an existential threat, and by association, all, half the country did to their vision of what they want to transform us into. And so they feel that any means necessary uh, are justified by their noble spiritual ends. And therefore, they call it critical legal theory, just essentially, Tucker says, there's rules against stealing only because rich people don't steal, and therefore it's okay to steal. And monetar modern monetary theory says print as much money, and eventually rich people will have to pay higher taxes or have their 401ks appropriated. Same thing with the border. Uh, short term, everybody's mad at the border, but in dark rooms, they're saying to each other, in 10 years, everybody's going to appreciate what we did. We brought in 10 to 15 million new constituents. So, and I guess to put it all together, they feel that they're at a stage now where their agenda does not appeal to 51% of the people, and they either have to bring in new constituencies or change the system, the entire system of which we are acculturated to. Yep to retain power, and that's what they're willing to do. And um, there's no such thing anymore as theft or, or lies or any of these things, uh, because they're just constructs, and they're just, anything that's useful to gain power is considered legitimate, and anything that's not uh, useful is illegitimate, and that's how they define morality. And I think we're, we're very naive, Tucker. We don't realize that we're in the middle of a revolution. We think that we're still playing within the same sidelines or parameters, and it's not. Everything's under negotiation, whether it's the Senate filibuster, the Electoral College, new states coming in, the size of Supreme Court, voting IDs, uh, the genders, the foundational data of the United States, pronoun usage from the trivial to the existential, we're in the middle of a cultural, economic, political revolution. And I think we got to wake up. I mean, I, I suppose the danger is that if the average person decides that the system is illegitimate, it's not fair, it doesn't have any meaning beyond the political desires of the people administering it, then you know what present what prevents the average person from resorting to violence in other words if you have no power if your vote means nothing if the system is bs then you know why don't you take up arms seriously well two things i think have precluded that so far one is i call it the monastery of the mind a lot of people just say you know what I'm checking out. I don't. I don't want to watch the Oscars. I don't even know what the Tonys or Emmys yeah. are. 
I don't watch the NBA. I, I have nothing to do with Hollywood movies. I've just created my own reality. And the other is, and the, under our Federalist system, we're having millions of people. This is the greatest exodus diaspora we've ever seen in our history, where people are fleeing these blue states and blue cities to red states, and they feel that I'm going to recreate America as I once understood it without having anything to do. And so far, that's kept us, that's kept us sort of viable, but they, for them, that's not enough. It's never enough to have two million illegal entrants or three million. They've got to have eight or nine or ten. It's not enough that Joe Biden is corrupt. It's not enough that he's non-compos mentes. It's not enough that his agenda doesn't make sense. He's got to, you've got to accept more and more of him. And I think they keep pushing the envelope and these safety valves that I just mentioned, I don't know if they're going to be enough already, but right now, I think there's one last effort on the part of conservatives are going to say, you know what, we're going to speak up as we've never spoken up before. We're, not, we're going to go after Target, we're going to go after Disney, we're going to say that we're going to go after the three gender movement, and we're going to try to win this election, we're going to try to win the House, we're going to try to rep win the representative, we just have to unite behind. And we'll see if that works. I'm really afraid, everybody says democracy is in danger, but I think if they feel that they have the majority of the people, and I think the majority of the people are uh, against this progressive you, uh, Jacobin agenda, and they still can't find power, then we're going to be in new territory. We're, we're in new territory now. And so there are legitimate efforts to rectify the, and stop this madness, and let's see what happens in 2024. But I don't think it works anymore just to migrate to a red state or to drop out of the popular culture. You've got to get control of the political apparatus of the country through elections. And, if, and your worry is legitimate. If you can't do it through fair elections, then what do you do? So I think this election, I know everybody says that, that each election is paramount, but this one is very important because we're in the middle of a revolution and it's our only avenue to a counter-revolution to return to normality. What, what would you say to the people who stopped paying their cable bill and moved to Florida and feel like everything's fine because their neighborhood is fine? Why is that a bad strategy, dropping out and moving? Because they can find you. And by that I mean Florida or Tennessee or living in Texas is a great advantage than living in California or Michigan or Oregon or Washington or Maryland. But eventually the federal government is not satisfied to leave you alone. And so when you go on your Google search, it will be calibrated by an algorithm to make sure that you have results that don't represent reality. And we're in a federal system where we have $33 trillion in debt, and there's only three ways to get out of it. You either have to inflate all of our currency, which we're trying to do, I suppose, or we're going to have to appropriate capital, which they've talked about, you know, giving credit to Social Security years by taking 401k money, or you're going to have to renounce the debt, and that's going to affect all of us. And I don't need to mention that a lot of this crime is going across state lines, and you can be in red state Texas, and the federal government can say you can't protect the Texas border, or maybe it can redefine the American border as the border with Oklahoma and tell it Texas. You're not sending your illegals northward, but you're not going to be able to stop them coming into your state because we've targeted you for radical demographic change. So I, I, 
it's a stopgap stop gap sanctuary, but it shouldn't lull us into the idea that, that it's a solution. The solution is to take back the Congress, to ensure the Supreme Court is a traditional Supreme Court, and to win the presidency. But unfortunately, the Republican Party, which we all look to, I don't look to it very much anymore, has lost seven out of the last eight popular votes, hasn't won 51 percent since George H.W. Bush did it by bringing in Lee Atwater in 1988. And we decided we don't want to ever win that way again. It was too ugly, they thought. So they, I guess the idea in the national level is to win, uh, to lose nobly and, and never to win ugly. But we've got to change that attitude because we're dealing with people that are not democratic liberals in the way that we used to define them as Bill Clinton or Harry Truman or JFK. This is a new generation of as I said, Jacobins, and they believe that any means necessary are justified morally to achieve their morally superior aims. What, what, what happens if Democrats win the presidency in 2024? If they win the presidency, that means they'll keep the Senate and they'll probably take back the House. And then I would expect that we would see another 10 or 15 million uh, illegal immigrants come across the border and uh, there would be efforts to confine those immigrants from going to northern cities. They would stop them somehow. I would assume that we would, uh, we would probably have advisors in Ukraine and that would, be, uh, that would be charitable. I think people really do want to in intervene in Ukraine with U.S. manpower. I would assume that what we see in the big cities crime-wise would extend, but it would also in, extend in the civil, the civil sphere as we see with Donald Trump. That lawsuit that you mentioned is very important, Tucker, because it shows you that critical legal theory is not happy just to let people ransack, uh, smash and grab, carjacking without consequences. They really do want to go after private capital uh, in the civil sector, and they will start filing lawsuits as you wouldn't believe. And I think we'd also would expect that the FBI, the CIA, the DOJ would have a referendum. I guess they would think the election was a referendum on them and they're free to do what they have been doing, but at an accelerated rate. So I think it would be a disaster. And I think racial relations would get a lot worse as well. You know, they're getting bad now once we gave up the idea of ecumenicalism and turned to racial essentialism is what the Democratic Party is forced down everybody's throat. So it's, it, it's going to be scary if they, if they win, because that means they'll probably take the House and the Congress, the entire Congress. And there won't be any, there won't be any redress of grievances. I don't see it. But I don't think they will, because they don't have any popular support. Every single one of Joe Biden's issues, the economy, crime, energy, foreign policy, the border, he's polling 30 or 40 percent. And the only way they're retaining power is through the legal system and the administrative state and our institutions, media, entertainment, sports, Great uh, point. education, K-12, universities. Mm -hmm. And it's kind of an artificial way of getting power without popular consent. And that's why mm -hmm. I think you were right on when you said they don't believe in democracy. In fact, op-ed writers in the New York Times will say that now, that democracy is a flawed idea. Because it doesn't, re it doesn't any longer re uh, ensure the result that they have to have. Like 
good Bolsheviks or good Jacobins, they eventually always turn on elections. They don't want them. And so we'll see. It's going to be a very explosive. I hope everybody can keep their head because I think the next 12 to 18 months are going to be the most explosive in our history since the Great Depression. Do you think Trump is leading now? Um, what do you think would happen if 11 months from now, um, Trump were still leading? Yeah, well, we're on charter. We have no idea about this election, Tucker, because first of all, we've never had a president running against an ex-president, number one. Number two, we've never had an incumbent president that is utterly corrupt, like Joe Biden, and has lost all of his, or most of his cognitive facilities, and is very unpopular. And yet we've never had a challenger who has been the victim of lawfare and is facing 91 indictments. And every time people say they wouldn't dare do this, Fannie Willis wouldn't dare. Lakita James is just an absurd prosecutor. She wouldn't dare. Alvin Bragg is a buffoon. He wouldn't dare. Jack Smith is a partisan. Every time people say that, they do. And so I don't know if there's a strategy to keep Donald Trump either out of a gag order or out of confinement at Mar-a-Lago or out of jail. So you can see where we're headed to, where Joe Biden isn't really a, a viable president anymore. He's a construct. He's being used by the hard left, by the Obamas and the Elizabeth Warren, Bernie Sanders squad wing of the Democratic Party. And it's getting to the point of character. So you put all of those things together and add in a Kamala Harris that frightens everybody because we've never had such an incompetent vice president, I think, and one so unfit to be president. And they're, they're everything, all bets are off. It's, it's like putting a, a, a group, a, all sorts of ingredients of explosive into a kind of device, and it's going to blow up, I think, somehow. But I don't think uh, we can predict what's going to happen. It's just too volatile. I think the left feels that they want to push the, the envelope. They want to take the leading Republican candidate, and they want to create charges against him, which they know they would have never lodged had he just said, I don't want to run for president. They would have let him alone. So these are patently political, and they want to destroy him psychologically, financially, and of course politically. And they think they can get away with it without a pushback, and we'll see. And so the other, I think the other candidates are going to be, I don't know what they're what their line should be, Tucker, but I think it should be, if you want to vote for me, I am going to be viable and I'm going to make sure that they never do to Donald Trump what they're doing now and I'm in a better position to help Trump than he is. That's the only, I think, legitimate argument to make uh, that, that this involves everybody. And if you're going to run for president and you feel that you embrace the MAGA agenda, you should say that I will not be in jail. I won't be exposed as to the same degree. And if I can survive, I will change the system and make sure Donald Trump is exonerated and never and no one else has to face this. But otherwise, it's, it's going to be a very complex, bizarre, baffling period. I don't think the founders had this is their worst nightmare, 2023-24. I don't even think you'd have to support Trump's agenda or Trump the man to see this as an assault on a centuries-old system that's worked better than any other. And I, and I wonder why almost nobody in Washington seems to see that or be willing to say it out loud. 
Yeah, the only question I have about that is I don't know why they did not go to the same extremes. They did go to extremes uh, against McCain and Romney, etc. But there was something about Trump, his personality, that was an affront to the bicoastal standard of, I don't know, what they thought was acceptable or desirable, or it was his agenda. When they looked at the particular MAGA agenda and they said, my God, we have sizable investments in China and they are our partner. They're not an existential threat. This is really scary. Or we have this idea of global global ecumenicalism, we can't have a border anymore, and this guy wants to bring back a border. Or we have this idea that how we look or a race is essential, not incidental to who we are, and he would want to bring back this crazy melting pot and destroy the entire woke movement. So I, I think it did represent to them a DEFCON 1, and they said, we can't have this. And it would have been all right, Tucker, had he been a third party Ross Perot. They dealt with people like that in the past, mm -hmm. and they'd already been able to handle them. But he won the Republican nomination, got elected, and now he wants to, to be back. And they just said, we don't, we're going to do everything we, possible, and we're going to even reject our prior democratic liberal heritage of you know, ACLU, free speech, and transparency, and the church committee investing. All of that's off the table. We don't want to do any of that anymore. We're going to do anything necessary to destroy this guy's vision and the other candidates who share his vision. Because if we don't, we're going to go back to an America that we didn't like when it was there, we don't like now, and we sure as hell don't want it to be an America in the future like that. I, I think even people who are skeptical of the claim that the last election was unfair or rigged have concluded that it was, in fact, unfair. Um, and the federal agencies got involved in a partisan way. It was not a free and fair election. Given that that system is still in place, yeah, I, you think it's possible for a Republican or Trump specifically to get elected in 2024? It's very difficult. What the left did was absolutely brilliant, Tucker. They, they seized on this Sidney Powell, Lynn Wood, Kraken, Dominion voting machines as representative of all of the, the questions about the election, when most people said the election was lost by the time we got to election day. Yeah. Because 70% of the voters had voted not on election day, and that never happened in American history. It was always 30% absentees, 70% in most states on election day. But they systematically used COVID as an excuse and went into about nine states and changed the voting laws. And I mean by that, that the error rate for mail-in ballots dropped exponentially as the rejection rate did as they were swarmed by them. And they were bragging about it. Mark Zuckerberg was bragging about spending $419 million mm -hmm. to absorb the work of precinct workers in key states. Molly Ball, as you remember in that Time essay, just yeah. gushed about how they had outsmarted these stupid conservatives and they had coordinated the Chamber of Commerce, the street people, Antifa, et cetera, to modulate the demonstrations and to suppress free speech. And, you know, when Twitter is being controlled by the FBI to the tune of $3 million being paid off for their, their own contractors to suppress streets, or Google is manipulating searches and ads and everything, that's what destroyed the the viability of a fair election. It was done before election day and we were all asleep or some of us, 
I know you were yelling about it. I was trying to yell about it, but we couldn't get through to anybody that they would be that audacious or that successful. Nobody thought they were capable of that, and yet they were. So why, is, why have Republicans in Washington done nothing meaningful to fix any of that? Because it I serves think the traditional them. answer to that is probably mm -hmm. accurate, that there's a culture that is created, and it's kind of a, a lose nobly, avoid winning ugly, profit both financially and psychologically, the status quo, and they, and they feel that their own constituents, some of the Republican constituents are kind of out there and an embarrassment to the type of culture and environment that, you know, that they operate in in Washington. And so the, the sense is I'm not going to be too affected by the left-wing takeover because I, I know I can make the necessary adjustments in a way that my constituents can't. And so I think there's a Sometimes in the case of somebody like Mitch McConnell, it can be overt, but in other cases, it, it's pretty clear as well. And that's been going on for a long time. And the problem we're having now is that you need leaders who are trying to tell people we are in a Jacobin takeover of this country, and the old get along at any cost does not work. And uh, I don't think people want that disruption in their comfortable lives in Washington. I mean, if you say to somebody in the Republican establishment, you got to break up the FBI. You've got to take the headquarters and put it in Kansas City and farm out the dis divisions to other cabinet posts to prevent that concentration of really dangerous power. You've got to do something with the CIA. You've got to do something with the DOJ. We've got to have massive legal reforms. I don't think they're up to that. I really don't. I don't think they're up to being trashed in the, the Washington Post or the New York Times or not being invited to a particular guest spot on a network news or being shunned by NPR and PBS. They, they're just not up to that. Or having their books trashed by uh, book reviewers on the left. It, they don't want that. There's a few that do, and uh, but until we get a lot of people who say, you know, you on the left culturally have nothing that I want. And so when you hate us and call me names and you lie about, I. I take that as a badge of honor. I don't try to provoke you. I want to get along with you. But you have no cultural influence over me anymore. And I'm going to be an advocate for returning to the country to the principles upon which it was founded. I think that's what people want to hear. And I think in 2024, they'll hear that. And they're going to have to, each person according to their station tucker, stand up, write, give money to, to the cause, uh, write letters to the paper, volunteer to work at precincts, Mm -hmm. uh, monitor what the left is doing with mail-in uh, mail ballots. And you're starting to see that grassroots interest, but the question is, will it be in time and of a magnitude that will stop this? So to the hearing today uh, in New York, the civil case against Trump, my read of it is that it's, it's ridiculous. The premise is absurd. Am I missing something? Is there any merit, do you think, just as objectively as you can, to this suit? Well, I mean, in, the, in a larger sense, no, because you can ask yourself two questions. Would Latita James and the people who were doing this, would they have done it if Donald Trump on January 7th said, conditions have changed, I'm now not going to run for office? I think the answer is no. And then the second thing, 
do, are some of the giants of New York finance and real estate, do they operate in a way that is completely different than Donald Trump? They never overvalue an, an asset? And I think the answer is no. And then the third question might be, now that you've picked on Donald Trump, are you going to systematically uh, look at the bank applications and loan applications of, say, 50 or 60 of the largest developers in New York, especially on the left-wing side? I don't think so. Yeah. So, and especially, you made a good point that uh, the bank is not filing suit and saying we lost all of this money. Mm -hmm. And then we have to ju juxtapose it, Tucker, to what we're witnessing on the other side with somebody like Sam Bankman-Fried that was put on house arrest on the Stanford campus. We now know about his parents, two renowned Stanford law professors that were gri grifting off their own son and siphoning money from his company as it was collapsing, which was a big uh, bundler and provider of millions of dollars for the Democratic Party. And nobody in the Democratic Party seems to be upset about him. And, and then we, we have Hunter Biden looking by and we're just looking at this and we and you want to ask Latita James, do you really are you really gonna do anything or do you think that Joe Biden should face consequences for again and again and again telling you the American people he had no knowledge or participation in any of Hunter's business when you know that was untrue and money was coming to his address and so it's a very strange time, Tucker, when you have all this evidence. White House. Uh, hello, White House. How are you? Hello? White House operator. Hi, how are you? I am very sorry, but I cannot hear you. Oh, you can't. Uh, listen, my name is Pete Santilli. I'm, I'm uh, actually switching my broadcast from regular broadcasting. I'm going to be putting out disinformation 24-7. And uh, I, I want you to I just... Said, I'm sorry, I cannot hear you. Sorry. You can hear me. You, you listen call. closely, you bunch of communists. I'm putting out disinformation 24-7 from here on out. So come get me. All right. I'm going to switch gears, ladies and gentlemen. Ladies and gentlemen, we're going to be professional disinformation people. There you go. Isn't it crazy how hmm? now when you call the White House? Yeah. It, yes. It, it is somebody who can barely speak English that answers the phone. I don't know how many times that has happened. It's like, what? <laughs> and they don't understand what you're saying and you don't understand what they're saying. It's crazy. It's crazy. Let's see. Huh? Ah. For quality and training purposes, this call may be monitored but will not be recorded. <laughs> you think so, huh? Mm. I'm not surprised. Hold on a second. For training purposes, this call may be monitored but will not be recorded. The White House. Hi, can I speak to Afro Chucky, please? I'm going to be telling her I'm putting out disinformation 24 7. 
Could you transfer me? Thank you to who? Huh? Thank you who? Afro Chucky. Uh, Jean Pierre, Afro Chucky? Is, it, is that uh, her last name? Who is that? The, you know, the, uh, the, the, the girl in the press office. Um, you guys are hunting down people to do disinformation. I'm calling to report myself. I'm going to be doing it 24-7. Okay, let me inform you. If you can't call in, be correct. If a correct name, don't call here. Sir. Afro Chucky is her name. That's the correct name. We don't call people by name. So you have a best day, okay? Jean-Pierre is her name. You're working for Xi Jinping Joe Biden. Okay, uh, can you transfer me to the CEFC? Okay, no, I cannot. He took. And I will not. He took money. He took money from CEFC. Okay, and you you're. Know, you, would, you wouldn't want no one to call your house and call your family. Up you know what? Me, you're me. you're sitting in my house okay. there, honey. No, I'm not. You know I'm not. Yeah, you are. Never. You're sitting in my house. You're you're take you're taking up space. Yes, you are. She hung up on you. Yeah, she did. She's a very <laughs> nice lady. Poor lady. Uh, I know. She's like, oh, man. She's like, oh, man. She's. Don't I just, be calling people names. It's almost lunchtime. Don't be <laughs> calling people names. You know what? Don't call uh -huh. me names either. I think you called me a white nationalist, sure. a racist. Mm -hmm. You called me names, huh? How I can call feel? you a white nationalist, an extremist, racist, racist a fascist, right wing. They can call huh? you maggots. Yeah. They can call you anything they want to. Yep, they right? can. The boy. Ladies and gentlemen, huh? Okay. This is this is what I did. We're at war. Today is Tuesday, October third, seventeen seventy six. You ready? Mm-hmm. Couple things I want to point out here. All right, couple things. You ready? We're gonna go to, and I want you to pay attention to this interview right here. Pay attention to this interview. You know why? Because why? there's gonna be something presented in this interview. All right, watch this. You want to see this? Mm-hmm. Um, you know how they say uh, how President Trump always says uh, they want you. They want to mess with you. I stand in the way. Doesn't mm -hmm. he say that? Mm-hmm. Hmm. hmm? Well, well, guess what? Um, these globalists want to rule the world, and the United States stands in their way. Mm -hmm. And Mel Kay said that. And let me show you what NATO is focused on right here. Look at this chart right here, okay? The little circles of influence, academia, consulting, analyst firms, lobby interest groups on think tanks, foundations, right? And then ultimately, see, evidence-based, wider knowledge, and then policymaking and strategy, then direct engagement and response, and then settings of organized violence they're working towards. You see? Mm -hmm. That's what they're working towards. They are going to perpetrate, and you're going to see this in this interview with Mel Kay. It is a bombshell interview where she outlines what NATO is doing in fifth generation style warfare to control the narrative through mind control and social media engineering. Of course, they want to control the mind. Of course. And they're openly talking about it. Mm -hmm. That the new battlefield is the human mind. I was so 
so, so upset after this interview, all right? It's gonna require some unpacking. There's very few people on planet Earth, okay? They can cover these topics and pull directly from their websites, okay? This is way beyond, uh, e even the FBI, okay? They're the Gestapo. When they come knocking at you, door, hey, I'd like to speak with you. You treat them as if the Gestapo's come and ask you questions. A, don't answer the door. B, never speak to them. And then contact your sheriff and say, get these criminals out of this county right now. And if you refuse to do it, you're going to be replaced in the next election. That's it. I don't care if you're Republican or Democrat. Mm. Any, what, by the way, whatever happened to you defund the policers? Huh? <laughs> whatever happened to you people? Why don't you join us and kicking the FBI out of every single county? Don't let them come into your county kidnapping people. Okay? Well, that's what the defender, the defunder of the police people mm. want. They don't want a local police. <clears throat> they don't want a local police. They want they want the FBI yeah. and military. That's yeah. what they want yeah. on the streets. Yeah. And they're going to get it. Oh, they are, huh? You think so? In cities. Well, I'm yeah. going to tell you something. In major right cities now. they will. Mm -hmm. It's already happening, actually. They are? Well, mm -hmm. guess People what? People are begging for it. Yeah, they are. Well, guess what? Mm -hmm. uh, the other night, I, I, I put up a post. And, and you know what? I'm not afraid of these freaking pukes. I'm going to tell you that right now. Neither should you be. And I'm not threatening anybody. I'm just saying, uh, the other night, I posted up. And I said, today is? Today is? Where is it? Help us build our church. That's what I said. Of course. Hmm? Sal Greco is all over our page. What the heck? He is. He's great. Yeah. Mm hmm That's right. What is that? Border? Oh, my God. Anyways. Ladies and gentlemen, today is Tuesday, October 3rd. 1776 okay the democrats are petrified they think that if donald trump becomes president he will do the following and say it will be the end of democracy right mm -hmm. he will arrest his political opponents and put them in jail for decades they're <laughs> petrified of that oh how does it feel huh uh-huh democrats will lose their jobs because they don't go along with the regime they will be canceled on social media for opposing his political ideology. Who's saying this? The Democrats. <laughs> oh my God. They're worried about getting getting wiped out. They should be. Yeah, they said it's gonna be, if they get wiped out, it will be the end of democracy. You see? The, so what does that say? Hmm? What does that say? Hmm. All Democrats, regardless of whether or not they're moderate or radical, are helping to advance towards communism. Americans should not be forced to coexist with them as they slowly and incrementally take control over every aspect of our lives. Freedom-loving Americans, almost with X-ray vision, can see these communists creeping up on us. Americans are buying guns, bullets, and 
do everything they can to resist by being ungovernable. God-centered Americans know that godless communists will slowly advance upon and outlaw Christianity. We already see it happening. Oh, happening. Absolutely. Americans should be preparing now by identifying the communists all around us. Democrats are future militant forces which the Politburo elite will use to attack Americans who stand in the way of seizing total power. This is the way it's going to go, ladies and gentlemen. I've been, uh, I'm not a historian, but I've been studying history. How do they take over these countries? How did Hitler's Nazi Germany, how was he able to kill 30 million Russians? They got in there and their forces used the local populace. That's what they did. Mm. They got the Russians to turn on their own people. Yep. If we learn anything about how every communist regime in history rose to power, America must treat all Democrats as future genocidal communists, disguising themselves as social justice warriors mm. who cancel their opponents today, but who will eventually kill their opponents in mass in the future. If Americans wish to survive the certain genocide which is to come, they must begin the process of eliminating them from our society immediately. Americans have to make some tough choices. Either fight for our freedoms today or desperately fight for our lives tomorrow. If they wish to survive, Every single American must own a lot of guns and ammo. As history has shown us, those who did not have guns for their defense never survived to be able to warn future generations that Democrat social warriors can only exist if they kill everyone who opposes them. That is not a threat. That is everything that we believe in. It is the most red, white, and blue thing that I can say, okay? Everybody arm up right now. I'm telling you right now, dump your bank accounts and go buy as, mu as much guns and ammo as you can. Why? Because they're going to try to come and kill you. That's why, okay? Look at Rwanda. Look at all those countries that have been steamrolled by governments. Look at Look at communist Romania, right? Anytime a populace was not armed, they were slaughtered. Mm. They were slaughtered. Anybody that does not have guns and ammunition at their property, standing at the ready to, uh, to defend life, liberty, and property, you might as well just turn yourself in right now. Just go forth, turn your property in, okay? Right now, these people are committing felonies, okay, by taking our money without our permission and sending it to a foreign land. That's a felony. When two or more people conspire to steal our property, okay, and our money and give it to a foreign land, you know what that is? It's called a felony. It is a felony. They're committing felonies. When the FBI breaks your door down, okay, and doesn't tell anybody, but guess what? They have zero arresting power 
unless the sheriff gives it to them. And what they do is they use their local partners because they don't have any arresting authority. They don't. They stand by while the local police bust your door down, okay? And I'm going to advise both of those people. If you're a fed and you're a sheriff and you deprive people of their rights in such a fashion, you're going to be held to account. Right now, there is no money in being a constitutional attorney. We're going to sue you people into freaking oblivion. We're going to. We're going to hold you to account. All of you people running around with badges and guns, depriving people of their rights under the color of law, are going to be held to account for the to the full ex extent of the law. You will be. Retribution, that term retribution, is feared. Because when you look at the definition of retribution, guess what it is? It's holding criminals accountable. Go look it up. Anybody that fears the word retribution is for criminals to be held to account. If you're a grandmother and you're all by yourself, get a gun, get ammunition, and defend your life, liberty, and property. If the FBI knocks at your door, you do not answer, okay? They're just there to ask you a few questions. No, they're not. They're there because they have nothing to bust your door down. When the FBI thinks they have something, they're not going to be knocking, okay? They're not going to. Do not answer your door. Do not speak with the FBI. They are the Gestapo, the modern-day Gestapo. Who says this? Everybody does, even former FBI agents. Did you know that? Mm-hmm. Hmm? Oh, yes. Yeah, I listen. They'll to be the first ones who warn you. Oh yeah, the the FBI. The only good FBI agent is a former FBI agent that has left the agency. Those that remain behind are enemies of our constitutional republic. Mm. They are, and if the sheriff does not defend life, liberty, and property, get him out. And that's why he's the most powerful uh, law enforcement official in the land because he's elected. Mm. And if the people don't approve of what he's doing to defend life, liberty, and property, then you vote him out. You get rid of him. We're going to turn this place into freaking pulverized dust, communist dust. You know what they've done? They assassinated our freaking president, okay? And I'm going after the CIA. I am. Me and a whole bunch of my friends, and we will fear no evil. We will walk through the valley of the shadow of death at Langley and at Fort Washington, Maryland, and fear no evil. You know why? Because the Lord's going to be with us. And we're going to just stand there. And we're going to say, leave, get out. Get out of our country. Stop committing and perpetrating crimes against our nation on behalf of NATO now. We understand. Look at this crap. Are you kidding me? You want you want to set organized violence? You want to? Listen, we don't want violence. I've already proven it to you. Since you overthrew our country and overthrew our election in 2020, we've remained peaceful. We've remained vigilant. We've remained steadfast. You know, how do we respond? We fuel our stuff through we the people. We go buy my pillows, right? We support Mike Lindell so that mm -hmm. he can go to the courts.
and then you keep at him and you keep at him and you keep at him and you keep destroying him and you keep this and you think that we're going to go away you attack our president you gotta go through us you attack mike lindell i'm gonna tell you something right now you're in for a freaking pillow fight you're in for a pillow fight ladies and gentlemen I, I'm I'm gonna say something right now the most important peaceful words that I can say right now I heard it in Mike's voice last night you know I, I can honestly say I mean a lot of people will you know they'll throw names out there and you know it's not to give me credibility it's not mm -hmm. I'm going to say I love who Mike Lindell is. Mike Lindell has been an inspiration. Mike Lindell is, is, is my friend. I consider him to be, he has been a friend to me. He has. He has. He has yes. been a friend to me, truly. Mm -hmm. And I've watched him in action. And I've listened to him and I've watched him. That man, out of love of country, has taken all of his wealth and sacrificed it for what what is he to get in return what is he to get in return our country and he's done so he's taken our money we've given him money and uh, in in trust okay he has taken that money and he's put it back into saving our country that's the god's honest truth he's not just a pillow guy he has a mechanism to where he can monetize and say you know what i've got really good products and he really does and i'm not going to oversell this what I'm going to tell you right now is what I heard last night. Mike Lindell will never give up on us. We cannot give up on him. We cannot give up on him. We cannot. Our, our nation literally depends. I mean, he's been taken away. He, he lost he had a hundred million dollar. What was that? Was it a hundred million dollar? Hundred million Something dollar. Something like that. Yeah. No, uh, I'm sorry, ten million dollar. Right? Ten million dollar credit line, and they knocked him down. Okay, what what does that do as far as that credit line? How you manage your merchant credit card accounts and doing all that stuff? Mm -hmm. He can only pro he can't process five million dollars in transactions. He can only process, you know. $10,000 or whatever it is, some outrageous amount. They're taking him out. They're using all of the tactics. Why? Because Mike Lindell has all of the goods. He's a protected whistleblower, all right? The government can't come after him. Well, the government is coming after him by harassing him with the audits. I heard it in his voice last night. Now is not the time, ladies and gentlemen, okay? Like if you're squirreling something away for you know, for something to come, you will not have it. They will take everything plus kill you. They're getting ready to do this. Go take a look at every other communist regime that has risen to power and ask me how many of them treated their people right in the end. How many of them did not kill tens of millions of dissidents? How many did not? Did Stalin take the guns? Did Mao take the guns? Did Hitler take the guns? That is the thing that stands between us and our freedoms. Mm.
And if they want them, come knocking at our door, go door to door. We will stand in defense of our life, liberty, and property. We don't want war, but you bring it to us, we will give it to you in mass. You will not commit genocide in this country. We're not Rwandans. We're not the Jews. May God bless the Russian people who are still in mourning from losing at the behest of this monarchical regime that still exists right now, that controls the banking system, that controls the military industrial complex. That regime is still in place. The same regime that assassinated President Kennedy and that assassinated 30 million Russians. I'm gonna say for humanity. <laughs> I'm not saying Vladimir Putin. Vladimir Putin has done some really bad things under the KGB. You bet. You bet. Brutal. Vladimir Putin is still slaughtering people in Ukraine. Thankfully, they're Nazis and they deserve it. There's an argument for that. There is. And if you Nazis want to come mess with this country, you need to know you've messed with the wrong country. You messed with the wrong, you practiced your, your regime overthrow there over at the CIA, all around the world. Good old Gene Sharp and Norm Eisen now using the technology that NATO is deploying, and here it is. Now listen to, uh, listen to, I love Mel Kay, I do. Me listen too. to Mel Kay. Here she is. I'm excited to announce that you've all made my Pillow 2.0 a huge success. And with your amazing support, we've been able to expand my Pillow's USA manufacturing and jobs. And to make room for this, we're clearing out a line of our percale bed sheets. And to thank you, I'm bringing them to you at closeout prices. Use your promo code and you get my king size for only $39 a set. Queens, 35, fulls, 29, and twin size, just $25. I'm interrupting this commercial to let you know that we've received the last two shipments of these percale bed sheets and because of this i've been able to add more color sizes and even prints and they're still at closeout prices so go to mypillow.com or call the number on your screen now use your promo code and you'll get my king size only 39 dollars a set queens 35 dollars full $29 and twin size just $25. Order now, once they're gone, they're gone for good. You know, there is a smaller and smaller group of people that are out there really calling it what it is. And that also puts targets over our heads. Uh, and I hope people understand that, that this is not uh, something most of us ever thought we would see. And we have to, you know, my, my issue right now is that the American people and people all over the world, you know, a, a lot of times Donald Trump would say, they're not after me, they're after you and I'm in the way. We have to start understanding as American citizens and realize they're not after America. They're after the world and America is in the way. Mm -hmm. And if we start reframing it to that, mm. then it makes a lot more sense what is happening and we can start to be honest and deal in reality.
straight into this. Too much time I want to do more interviews. Um, and when that happens, uh, too much time passes in between visits with Mel Kay and the world. I think we're on a wobble. Forget about the rotation of the Earth. You know, the, I say this all the time. The Earth revolves around the following principle. There's a set of handles, okay? And there are a select few on Earth that grab a handle and push, okay? And everybody else just going along for the ride. <laughs> and Mel Kay is one of those people that just grabs a handle and pushes, and she doesn't stop. And I mean, I try to keep up with her content. The topics that we're covering uh, on a regular basis are the most important topics of our age, period. Um, the end result of this uh, adversary that's upon us is not a good thing. Um, you know, they, they call it, you know, first, second, third, fourth generation warfare, fifth generation warfare. And I think Mel Kay is trying to prepare us for the seventh generation warfare. That's where some magical things happen on the steps in Damascus. The Antichrist comes and boom. And that's all we can do is prepare the battlefield. LK is a great investigative journalist, good comment, uh, commentator, uh, a good analyst, uh, especially on the, the world stage. And I'll say this, Mel K, tell me if you agree with me as I bring you on and welcome you. Um, it's <laughs> like we have x-ray vision, okay? <laughs> we can see it now. I, I mean, you can't unsee what we're looking at right now. You cannot unsee it. Yeah, I mean, and, and it's great to be here and great to be with you always. You know, there is a smaller and smaller group of people that are out there really calling it what it is. And that also puts targets over our heads. Uh, and I hope people understand that, that this is not uh, something most of us ever thought we would see. And we have to, you know, my, my issue right now is that the American people and people all over the world, you know, a, a lot of times Donald Trump would say, they're not after me, they're after you and I'm in the way. We have to start understanding as American citizens and realize they're not after America. They're after the world, and America is in the way. Mm -hmm. And if we start reframing it to that, mm. then it makes a lot more sense what is happening, and we can start to be honest and deal in reality instead of what we like or, or dealing with what hope we, we hope is happening. What, what I believe is that anyone that is fully focused and distracted by the sideshow that is the <laughs> inversion of law and order going after Trump or any, any of these people in the lawfare realm or what is going on at our border or what is going on in our inner cities and all this has to understand they're destroying a foreign nation and taking all of our money and everything when they're telling you to your face that rebuilding that nation will be $600 billion and they're putting the old guard into place to do so while they are at the same time destroying our nation and acting like it's not happening. And people, and then the, the, the information warfare, the, the controlled intel, it's an intel run media right now. It is not a media for the people, by the people as intended, as, as the First Amendment protected it for. No, that is not what's going on. And honestly, everyone that is looking just at America is being distracted at the truth. The truth is that we are in a war where the global billionaire oligarchy that encompasses the octopus of global control, including the World Economic Forum, World Health Organization, um, any of these other groups, IMF, World Bank, we, we talk about them all the time, are not putting together that NATO is their military. 
So when you go back and you look at everything that's going on right now in the world and how coordinated it is, if you are still playing along with the idea that it's a conspiracy theory, you are uh, being left out of, of the battle. And I really, I really believe that every American, no matter what you think, no matter what side you're on, if you're way to the left or way to the right, you're not really dealing in reality either. What we have to understand is that the American people have been called upon to block this yes. uh, totalitarian uh, technocratic dystopia from taking over. And the problem that we're not seeing is that NATO is their military and NATO. And I know people in the beginning when I brought this up three years ago, I found a document that a lot of people should go look for. It actually is on our resources page under the opposition playbooks. It's a NATO document from 2020. Hold on a it's second. Called Car Let me make oh, sure I give that URL for archival reasons. You say it's on your resources page at themelkshow.com? Show.com, okay. yes. We'll provide that yes. link down below as well. Go ahead. Right. Yeah, because I want people to understand and go read this document. Everyone should be should be realizing right now Whatever NATO was sold to us as what it was back in the day, it is now in an allegiance and an alliance with the World Economic Forum and the world uh, and the UN. They do not hide this alliance or allegiance. Just look it up. Not too long ago, NATO's uh, head, who used to work with Bill Gates, as most people realize, um, announced that they were starting a kind of hedge fund, a financial hedge fund, to get involved with more of what? The public-private partnership the partners, uh, stakeholders, as the World Economic Forum calls them. Uh, NATO also has gone into and spoken many times about their alliance and allegiance with the UN. So they are also, they, the NATO also has an Agenda 2030 playbook and has a whole presentation on their own website, especially the one that I'm going to talk about right now, about um, basically what the world will look like geopolitically in 2030 meaning that they already have a plan and they are full on their way as they just showed us at their uh, event last week in new york un uh nato world economic forum imf and now the clinton global initiative which should shock people to the core uh in new york last week announcing that they're halfway to their goal of agenda 2030 which i say all the time it's the 17 sustainable development goals to full track trace surveillance enslavement and digital technocracy controlling humanity by the same group of people that have done this for decades uh, under a new name. But the document that people should look at is Cognitive Warfare. Uh, the subtitle is uh, The Battle for the Mind. And this is an actual NATO document, and it talks about um, basically that uh, the brain will be the battlefield of the 21st century. Humans are the contested domain. Future conflicts will likely occur amongst the people digitally first and physically thereafter in the proximity of hubs of political and economic power. And it goes on uh, even more disturbingly to say, the objectives of cognitive warfare is to harm societies, not only militarily, but societies in general. And it basically goes on, and you and I have talked many times, but it talks about the militarization of brain science and um, it, that the embedded fifth column where everyone unbeknownst to him or her is behaving according to plans of one of our competitors, meaning that they're saying that there's considering people in America uh, domestically to be um, cognitively uh, unable to know that they are being used as functionaries of our enemies. I mean, whatever's going on here, uh, people should know, A, that this NATO uh, brain mapping cognitive warfare 
iHub. It's called an Innovation Hub, NATO Innovation Hub. It's partnered with a bunch of universities, including Johns Hopkins and others, and that they are looking for ways, um, basically, as far as they know, to weaponize humans against each other. And you and I have done many shows on um, the CIA and NED and how they create color revolutions, and then they call in the UN with responsibility to protect. This is doing it in our brains, knowingly, using the media and other resources, and they don't even deny it. They, they talk about it in the NATO hub, uh, innovation hub, innovation for security and defense documents. They talk about that they have teamed up with big tech, that they the warfare is in the minds of the people. Uh, Stoltenberger, who run, uh, Stoltenberg, who runs uh, NATO right now, Secretary General, talks about uh, launching the Sovereign Venture Capital Fund. The Innovation Hub connects industry, academia, big tech, and NATO. What is that? It's the public-private partnership stakeholders of the World Economic Forum joining with NATO in a war that is above our nations. NATO has no alliance to the United States or any of the nations that it's a part of. It doesn't, it doesn't respect the Constitution of the United States or the Bill of Rights. In fact, they are running the biggest, um, I believe, naval base in Virginia, as well as running this innovation hub for cognitive, um, cognitive warfare, the battle for the brain in Virginia as well. And neither of these uh, NATO hubs are being run by Americans on our soil. So the, the problem here now is, and I hear a lot of people talk about, well, who's in charge of the military? Who's doing this? All I know is that there is a world military aligned with Agenda 2030 and the global public-private partnership and the billionaire oligarchy and their banking cartel friends that is fully uh, getting a lot of our weapons, a lot of our technology working on our soil to, uh, and in their minds, um, manipulate people mentally through brain warfare and cognitive warfare to be weapons against each other. And they, it's all on their own own websites. Yeah, you know, 20, it really is. Mm -hmm. Okay. All right. Now, now uh, you just threw a lot out there, but guess what? Uh, as we look at, you know, we're, we, we've seen the dots and then it seems like you and I, Mel, we come together, we just start connecting a bunch of dots and you know, you may have some dots, I'll have some dots. We throw it together. Now, I just remembered something. Have you ever studied uh, the Rwandan genocide? Have you ever studied that? No, I haven't studied it, but study it. Uh, I believe it? that it follows a model that, you, that you'll tell us about. Yeah, here's here's a thumbnail, because I was just talking to Michael Yan, this immigration okay. thing, okay? And then October 4th test, they're using the technocracy. All right, this is what I remember about um, Rwanda's mass genocide. It happened so fast. I mean, the global globalists couldn't even, you know, respond to it, but they did it that way. One thing I remember is there was eyewitness testimony that right before everybody went nuts and they killed 800,000 people, there was a C-130 that strafed. There were a couple million people out there in the middle of the streets. And as soon as that happened, everyone went nuts. And they said that was a significant moment, so we can conspiracy theorize, of course. Um, but they caused racial strife in advance. They just prepared the battlefield and caused all this tension, and then boom, and set them off like crazy. It's a destabilization tactic, of course, and then using microwave technology. We have to say that the CIA is well known for doing 
things like that. But this battle for the mind. Now let me let me fast forward to today. Uh, we've got 5G technology and we have components of the stupid self-replicating chimeric parasite with graphene oxide, of course, that when energized, you know, causes a lot of damage to the brain. But Qualcomm has the patent to communicate two ways with the, the, the jab. And now pause for a second. Have you heard the latest uh, RFK? Have you heard my spiel on RFK Jr. and what he exposed about the Wuhan lab leak? Um, I, I probably have, but you can remind me in the audience at real, the time. Real quick, uh, September of 2019, uh, we had satellite photos. Wuhan lab parking lot was full one day, was empty the next day. The following day, they say as late as September 19th of 2019, the military went in there and took everything. We have imagery, satellites. There were s seven scientists that, uh, CIA scientists that did a study. They came up with a report and of course Fauci was sunk into the CIA to convince them otherwise about the lab leak. But guess what? One month after September 19th Wuhan lab leak, right? Mm -hmm. um, event 201 happened. The CIA was in the room and the CDC's uh, I'm sorry, the CCP's CDC director or equivalent, they were in the room in event 201, knowing full well that September of 2019, the Wuhan lab leak took place. And guess what I found out through RFK Jr.? The yeah. Pentagon was funding, it wasn't just Fauci and gain of function testing. He did $26 million in funding. The Pentagon, right. 63 million. Guess who else was the primary funder of the uh, gain-of-function testing and this bioweapon was the, C the CIA, the NSA, the Intel right. services. So all three of those funding the Wuhan lab, this thing gets let loose. Now you've got a couple billion people jacked up with this jab that could be energized with 5G. Literally, there's a patent that Qualcomm has to, that allows them to communicate two ways with the ingredients of the vaccine. Guess what else I found out? Guess who yep. developed the vaccine? The I know. The, Tell them. the military contractors. And they gave it to Pfizer, Moderna, and Johnson and Johnson just told them to put their, their stickers on it. This is directly from Robert F. Kennedy Jr. They didn't even develop the vaccine. It was military contractors. So I'm gonna throw back to you. Now we've got this mass push they're talking about. You know, now they're saying, well, let's get away from the climate crisis. That's too complex for everyone to accept. Nobody took the right. jab fully. Uh, it's too complex to talk about climate change. Uh, next thing is going to be the water crisis. But right. they want yeah. us to get us to comply, 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 and then kill off billions of us. They're openly stating that. Are they not? Yeah, they are. And and here's, here's where the uh, people, not just of America, but of the world, that yeah. are free thinkers, that still have their cognitive abilities left, that have not been captured, that realize, must realize, that this is every man, woman, and child on this planet is being, is being treated like ants that need to be controlled or, or, or destroyed by a very small group of people. But what you just brought up about all the stuff about Wuhan and all of that, that shouldn't come as a surprise because, uh, again, I go back to this NATO document 
And uh, don't forget, and, and as I've been saying for now four years, NATO is their military. When JFK warned us before they murdered him in front of the world, um, yeah, he warned us that, that these people had, uh, and so did Donald Trump in an interview. He said that the wealthiest people had uh, also had the military might. They had the military. Remember mm -hmm. when he said there's these people and they have all the money and they have their own military and all of that. I believe what, what JFK and Donald Trump and all of the people that have warned us were talking about. So in this NATO document, first and foremost, it says that the leader of all the NATO nations in developing this cognitive warfare technology is Pentagon. It goes on to say that some NATO nations have already acknowledged that neuroscientific techniques, technologies have high potential for operational use in a variety of security, defense, and intelligence enterprises. Goes on to say neuroscientific methods and technologies uses of research findings and products to directly facilitate the performance of combatants the integration of human machine interfaces to optimize combat combat capabilities or semi-autonomous vehicles and the development of biological and chemical weapons known as neuroweapons mm -hmm. the pentagon is among the primary institutions advancing this novel research and it goes through and says that all um basically darpa is behind it and it goes on to say that um Pentagon is using military uh, neuro-ST research. The study indicates includes intelligence gathering, training, optimizing performance and resilience in combat and military support personnel, and of course, directly weaponizing of neuroscience and neurotechnology, um, and goes on to talk about biotechnology. So this is all included in this cognitive warfare document that came out before any of us ever heard the, the, about COVID. And, uh, and certainly kept being updated. And then they've invited in a lot of partners. Well, would you be surprised if some of those partners are uh, the World Economic Forum's partners that were included in the uh, Pfizer and Moderna and all of this information? No, I mean, of course, this was a worldwide drop of a bioweapon. I mean, at this point, I don't understand. So, so now we have a problem, though, uh, Pete, and this is where, you know, the American people, I hope, that are watching this will start to think. Uh, I talk a lot on my show about Hannah Arendt because the origins of totalitarianism, her, her main biggest book that she wrote, has a lot of information in it that correlates to where we are right now. And um, what is also happening is we're going into this phase of um, the impeachment phase, the circus is going on. So we're going into this impeachment phase, even what happened with uh, that Bowman that pulled the fire alarm. Look at what they're doing. They are, they, are, they are inducing cognitive dissidents in the masses on such a grand scale. And then it's repeated by the media, by, by Nicole Wallace and, and by uh, all these people on the morning shows. And even uh, there's many other people, lots of people on Fox. They're repeating this information that is clearly uh, inverted, that, it, that is not true, obviously not true. And, and it's cognitive warfare. And as the, the more confused people get about what reality is and what is not reality, which we are way past that point, the more they're going to go along with this and not even acknowledge that some of this is possible. And I really do believe that the end goal here is the idea that Arendt states about totalitarian takeovers, whether it's the Bolsheviks or the, the Mao or Hitler or anyone, that society when they believe everything is true and nothing is true at the same time when they think everything is possible and nothing is is real this is this is the, the fertile ground of a full capture of a society and this nato document 
lays out all the ways. And what's very scary is that NATO had a call for all of um, all of the NATO nations to get involved in this program that they have, this entire iHub Innovation Center. And what are they offering for uh, this program to all these nations and militaries worldwide, uh, to all the public-private partners of the World Economic Forum, to all the young global leaders? It says, partnering with NATO Innovation Hub supports projects that are relevant to NATO, intend to leverage online collaboration, intend to involve at least three NATO nations. The Innovation Hub support could include creation of web pages, creation of online forums, online community building, organization of online brainstorming session, organization of improved video conferences, leveraging social media, online social design, online social learning, providing live online subject matter expert contribution, live up to link up to live online audience interaction. Institutions and organizations can partner with NATO's innovation hub as co-leads on these projects. Mm. So people do not realize that NATO, mm. the world military that says that their biggest partner now is who? The Pentagon and DARPA yeah. is running the operation on wow. America's soil in yeah. Virginia. Crazy. All right, and I'm going to share something with you. It. I'm going to yeah, put go something on the screen. And I, and I said, I just realized what I did all by myself. I said, I'm going to tell Mel because you shared this with me. And I looked at it and I said out loud, what the hell? Okay. This is what I said. What the hell? It's this graphic right here. Mel, what I is know this? What is that? What is that? Where that did you right get this? From, that is right from NATO's document. I that. pulled it out, sent it to you. Are you know you exactly what that is. Holy cow. They're, they're, they're pushing us to kill. This is, and this is where I thought of the Rwandan genocide. If you can cause you know, racial division and strife, and you can cause that, that conflict. And then you light, you light the fuse, you know, you, you, you pack the pipe bomb, then you light the fuse and kapooyow. I mean, what, what is the purpose of this? Who, whoever put this together at taxpayer dollars? Taxpayer dollars, that's out of NATO's out own of documents NATO, yeah. from their war manual on, on brain cognitive yeah. warfare. And I'm telling you, that entire manual says over and over, it is using the public people as weapons. Okay? Mm. However, and, and, and all of it's in it. The bio-warfare, the, the, all, that graphic. When I looked at that, and Pete, and sent it to you last night, I said, oh my God. Uh. You know, we've been we've been pointing at Eisen and and and, and Harvard and and the CIA and National Endowment for Democracy and USAID, which which are all complicit. But the problem is, there is a world military that is not a defensive military, that is control that is running the show. And everyone keeps asking where the U.S. military is. Well, if the U.S. military has half of its uh, resources, is sending all of its weapons. You know, people don't understand. They're testing advanced technology in Ukraine on the ground oh yeah you know they're, they're doing a lot of this there mm-hmm. and yet we're being told and, and killing innocent people in the meantime so we're watching a war over there when the war that you just had on that graphic is being executed here yeah. and people keep picking sides between right and left and Joe Biden and Trump and they don't even realize that we are under attack there. on a massive scale on this soil and they are here 
There's something, they are not there's something going on. I'm going to throw, it's a contrarian view right now because a lot of people are like, actually, I'm just looking at everybody saying, oh, Russia this and Russia that and Russia's, you know, calm and Russia's smooth. I'm like, Russia seems to be employing some of the most, I mean, we're talking about like on our side, if we were to do a proxy war through the Ukraine, we've got right. how many decades now of war fighting experience and technology, right? Like for right. us to go up against Russia and to lose, lose in the fashion that we are, I'm like, something's going on here because they're wiping out 90,000, 100,000. I mean, it's a meat grinder and they're just confidently just trouncing and they can only do that technologically the drones are falling out of the sky i mean they got some very sophisticated technology they're employing right now and i'm thinking man this this is that doesn't feel right right now I, yeah yeah i think the cannon fodder are the ukraines that they're bringing in there and and it's a, still a money laundering operation but for russia to be taking out that many troops like that without any opposition something's no. up with that do you agree Oh, a hundred percent. And I really, really have to stress that this is, this is, it's not about America. It's about humanity. It's about right and wrong. It is about, are you really going to do this? This is, this is a small group of people that are running this at the very top compared to all of us. And, oh, and I, I just want to say, this is right out of their documents. This is the war they are fighting. It is on their own websites in their documents. It is replicated on the World Economic Forum and the UN sites if you go look for it. It is replicated and a lot of it, and they over and over do talk about the financial side of it. So don't forget that that's part of it. But in these documents that I ask people to go read, because it's, it's chilling, because I'm telling you, this is why people are fighting amongst themselves they are not standing up they are not saying we are a sovereign nation get out of here they are not demanding that the border be closed the inner cities be taken care of people like soros that are funding these these lawfare and these these no bail things they're not real at putting it all together that it is a full war plan we are under attack uh, like Michael Yan and, and Ann showed at the border but this says the combination of social sciences and system engineering will be key in helping military analysts to improve the production of intelligence. If kinetic power cannot defeat the enemy, psychological and related behavioral and social science stand to fill the void. Leveraging social science will be central to the development of the human domain plans of operation. It will support the combat operation by providing potential courses of action for the whole surrounding human environment. So again, this is about weaponizing people against each other to do the dirty work that they believe they can do. This is, this, you know what, we've talked about me and you before. I have this also on the resource page. Michael Aquino, uh, the Satanist that ran the army psychological operations uh, in the 80s and so forth, and was also a, a vowed Satanist who was behind a lot of the MK Ultra monarch mind control, mm -hmm. and uh, was a big fan of Nazi mental and uh, psychological and medical technology. Uh, he created something called Mind Wars, and it's a document as well. I guess it was redacted and released, you know, as much as you're going to get. But it's very similar to this uh, 2020 NATO uh, cognitive warfare, the battle for the brains uh, document that is right on their website. And, um, you know, I mean, people should feel forget forget your country or or any of that for a minute as a as a human being on planet Earth. You should feel righteous indignation that there are people out there using technology, advanced right, technology that I'm has been de developed over decades to manipulate right. your brain. Mm -hmm. 
to manipulate your mind, to manipulate your children's brains and your children's minds, and they are doing it strategically, and it is a war plan on NATO's website, and it is being rolled out. Well, guess what, ladies and gentlemen? It's uh, it's that time. Uh, we're going to shift gears here. We're going to go to a break, and I'm going to bring Dr. Kirk Elliott on uh, for that very special segment on Tuesdays that we do, Santilli and Elliot. The remaining balance of that interview with Mel Kay is going to be published all over the place on Rumble. Uh, it's going to be on our band channel, Bombshell Interview. And guess what? We're going to be doing a series to cover all the important topics that, uh, that we were talking about. So everybody stay right there. Uh, do not go away. We will be right back right after this uh, message. Mike Lindell, and I'm here to tell you about my new product from my pillow. Towels that actually work. Watch this absorbency test. Here's another towel that we randomly went out and bought. Here's one of my towels with a nice design. I don't know if you can see this, but you could line a swimming pool with this. This is crazy. Get rid of it. Towels that actually work. The new MyPillow towels are exclusively made with 100% USA combed cotton with proprietary technology and with maximum absorbency. They dry you faster and are guaranteed to work. I'm interrupting this commercial right now. Retailers have canceled MyPillow. And to thank you for all your support, I'm going to pass the savings directly on to you. Go to MyPillow.com to get deep discounts on all MyPillow products. For example, you get my dog beds for as low as $19.99 or for a limited time you can get my six piece towel sets regularly $109.99 now only $39.99 the lowest price ever with your promo code hi i'm ron paul i know what you're thinking another gold commercial but don't put the tv on mute you owe it to yourself to listen stock markets may be high right now but they'll eventually fall and when they do your retirement savings will fall along with them call the experts at gold co today to learn more about how easy it is to invest in gold with a gold ira call 855-614-1681 or visit goldco.com forward slash pete Cardio Miracle is the finest and most comprehensive nitric oxide and vitamin D supplement in the world. Made from the highest quality ingredients, Cardio Miracle is driven and backed by science and committed to your health and well-being. Get your 60-day, no-risk, money-back guarantee now at CardioMiracle.com. Introducing the Portal Universe only on QUX. This is America's first super app. Easily build your portal, share and monetize video content, live stream, products, music apps, and more. Engage in live chats and private video messaging. This isn't just a TV box or streaming device. This is your social television console. Become a merchant without any setup or monthly fees. 
Buy and sell using QUX tokens for private and secure encrypted transactions. You control the ads you watch. You control the content you see. You have easy access to products and services you want, all at the press of a button. QUX brings people together, enhances fellowship, community, and networking capabilities, while protecting privacy like never before. Don't wait. Go to QUX.TV right now and order your QUX TV box today using promo code PETE. Be part of a new digital frontier. Are you prepared for life's unexpected twists and turns? Lockdowns, natural disasters, power outages, or any situation that makes it tough to get your hands on a good meal. Time waits for no one, and neither do emergencies. PetePrepStore.com is the ultimate in long-term emergency food preparedness and supplies. You're not just buying food, you're buying peace of mind. Our meals are designed to be nutritious, delicious, and have a 25-year shelf life. Yes, you heard that right. 25 years. We source high-quality non-GMO ingredients and use advanced freeze-drying technology to lock in taste and nutrients. Forget last-minute runs to the grocery store. Pete Prep Store is a click away and delivers right to your doorstep. Why risk the well-being of you and your loved ones? With Pete Prep Store, you're always prepared. Make the smart choice today. Visit PetePrepStore.com and place your order today. This isn't just food. It's your lifeline in times of crisis. Don't wait for an emergency to prepare. Be proactive. PetePrepStore.com. Be prepared. Be secure. Be ready. Always. Banks are supposed to be the safest placeholders for cash in the world. But in 2022, that changed. The Federal Reserve pulled out $2.5 trillion of liquidity out of the banks. And the Fed also changed the requirements so banks don't need to keep any funds on hand. This means banks are starved for liquidity and have now become very dangerous places to hold your assets. Get out of the system with the world's safest and most private assets, silver and gold. Call Kirk Elliott, Ph.D. at 720-605-3900. Be sure to tell him Pete Santilli sent you. setting up it's remarkable i haven't looked at this in a long time and i just connected with dr kirk elliott and just right right out of the gates of course we want to welcome him back here for this special segment we call it uh santilli and elliott um i i don't even know why it's in that order because dr elliott is the economist in chief for uh for this analysis in this segment and i'm your master of ceremonies but um uh he actually shared with me something that i follow i've always been a just a financial 
you know, wingnut, novice, and very, very conservative. Uh, you know, I, I, I for 20-something years, uh, I, I spent time in Southern California, single income, kept the wife at home, raised the kids in the outlying area. So I was very, very conservative. No debt. Um, and whatever money I had or cash on hand, you know, when I was being screamed at way back when, I think it was 1999 or so, Gerald Salente said, buy gold, it's $295 an ounce. And I think I had like at that time, like $15,000, $16,000 that I just had scrolled away. It was almost mattress cash. And I'm like, I don't know. I'm that conservative. I didn't buy gold at $295 an ounce. But not, not saying that this is all about gold. I'm just saying very, very conservative. But I followed the U.S. debt way back then as a conservative, you know, Republican running up the debt. Back in the day um, when Ronald Reagan was president of the United States, we'll ask him right now, uh, Dr. Kirk, what was the debt back in 19? Do you remember just off the top of your head? What was that debt? Because I remember following this clock when the internet was first coming. This is one of the first uh, programs. It's been around for a long time since the early 2000s. You know, it, it had to have been in the single digits. I don't know exactly, mm. but, but what I do know is uh, the year President Obama became president, it was 11 trillion. Um, so it was it was definitely underneath that probably five six seven seven you know I, I don't know um, but when we so if you think about this though so think put it into perspective we became a country in 1776 we had zero debt on July 4th 1776 because we didn't have time to spend like drunken sailors yet right on the first day so we started with zero debt then go from 1776 until about, I don't know, call it 2010, 2011, mm -hmm. whenever Obama became president. Mm -hmm. um, and we went to zero to 11 trillion. Now, from, from then until now, mm -hmm. which has been about 12, 13 years, we've gone from 11 trillion to 33 trillion, right? So what took 250 years or so to go from zero 11, We've now gone from 11 to 33 in just a 12-year span. I mean, literally, the spending is out of control. It's mm -hmm. absolutely out of control. Now, every every president, oddly enough, other than one year during the Clinton regime, I think um, that you you've had a you haven't had a balanced budget. Mm -hmm. I mean, but Clinton was riding on the coattails of of Reagan, right? You had. You had Reagan and then Bush and then Clinton and, and Bush and Clinton both were following Reagan's policies. It was nothing that they did in particularly great. They just said, hey, if it's not broke, let's not try to fix it, right? Because Reagan was an amazing economic president for the country. He, he grew the country into what we have today and his policies of lowering taxes, lowering interest rates and job creation are still attempted to be mimicked, right? Now you get you get regimes like we have right now and administrations like I regime. <laughs> it's a yeah. funny way to say administration, right? <laughs> but you have it. I mean, they're they're absolutely opposite, which is raising taxes, raising interest rates and 
lowering wages rather than creating jobs. It's 180 degrees opposite mm -hmm. of what Reagan had during that time. You know, Ken, uh, well, you know, it was the Cold War, just a completely different environment. But I'll tell you what, I, I do recall because I served in the Reagan administration, the diplomacy, um, the, the, the tenure of the people that were running the administration. Uh, whether or not they were doing the right thing, I'll tell you what, there was a tremendous amount of confidence in the and the diplomacy and the skill and the, uh, the, the communications and the relationship with the American people. Now, uh, the, the Cold War, uh, the Cold War, you know, broke us, um, obviously, with our expenditures. But I remember you could start a business out of the trunk of your car in the 80s. Yeah, you could you could have and people did. I mean, it was the age of entrepreneurship. Yeah. It was the age of creativity. It yeah. was the age of of lowering interest rates, lowering taxes, giving people a, a big bottom line at the end of every month so they could actually invest in themselves. I mean, truly, that's the best investment you can ever make is in yourself. You know, when when you have this creativity and ingenuity and, and usually God-given ideas to create something and you start your own business. And I mean, that was the time of innovation and entrepreneurship and creativity. Um, people still have that innate feeling today they want to create, they want, but, but public policy has shackled them from being able to do so because mm -hmm. of high taxes and high regulations. And, and uh, I mean, look at the green energy stuff. It's like, why would you start a manufacturing business if you don't know if, if your, you know, smokestack emissions is gonna be monitored and you have to shut down or, or what BMW had to say three weeks ago, which was, we don't know if we should put any R&D into gas consuming cars anymore because we think that that you know gasoline is going to be outlawed in Europe within the next 5 years do we put all of our R&D into EV vehicles right do we i mean or or what do we do i mean the the retooling is insane when an administration can change overnight it it really puts business owners um, at a disadvantage knowing how do you not necessarily predict the future, but how do you design your future when the people that are creating it are so squirrely, right? And and they're forcing businesses to go into things that don't really exist yet. And it's so expensive. I mean, I when we built a house like even 10 years ago, um, not, not forever ago, but I thought, hey, should we put solar panels on our house? It's like, I don't know, just, just a random thought. So I looked into it and it's like, it would have taken me like literally 75 <laughs> years to break even. <laughs> I mean, it's Are you serious? 75? I mean, wow. Yeah, for the amount of savings on electricity versus the amount that I would have had to pay to get it in, why would anybody do that? Yeah. Right? It's like $83,000 so for your windmill, right? <laughs> I mean, it's just so dumb. And your solar um, panels. I mean, I looked at every option. We looked, we did look at a windmill because one of our neighbors, we had some rural property at the time we had a windmill and it's like, ah, see your windmill, is it, is it doing good for you? It's like, well, I, you know, we thought we would try to clean up the environment, but it doesn't provide any power really. It's like, oh, great. Um, so then I looked into geothermal energy, you know, you know, digging 15, 20 feet deep into the ground, having a whole football field worth of, of coils, having water going through them to keep them cool to lower your energy costs right 
but that's so stinking expensive and it would have saved you know just dollars every month it's like all right well this is a 50-year break even um i mean everything that they want us to do is so expensive that the cost of compliance is off the charts and that ultimately kind of kills the economy you, you know i uh if, if you don't mind me saying so, I don't mean I don't want to spin off on a tangent, but the same um, principles I think apply by these leftists. I was reading uh, the the writings, email communications between Ralph Barrick, Anthony Fauci, and that little cabal of individuals that developed this thing, you know, surrounding COVID and remdesivir and doing testing, and then they're talking about the economics of the fear that will come, the emergency that will result and the profits that will follow. Mm -hmm. It was always an emphasis on the profits that would follow. But it's, it's, if, if you take a look at their, their other writings about the climate hoax, the climate change, and all of that stuff, that's the only way. These people can't even manage a lemonade stand profitably for two weeks, and they're creating a whole new economies, which are stupid. I mean, it, it, can I mention something else? I had to take an Uber, our vehicle was down. I had to go uh, run run a quick errand, so I took an Uber. And the guy shows up in a Tesla. Nice Tesla, right? And I didn't order, you know, I just ordered regular Uber. And I'm looking at his thing and he's talking about, he's guy. this guy's just liberal, right? Which is fine. I get along with liberals too. And he's telling me about what it takes for him to plug in. And he's got on his big screen on his dashboard, where he's got a charging station, he's got X number of miles, and you can see this thing just ticking away. I said, is it inconvenient? And he said, well, you know, I, I don't mind the inconvenience. You know, it's, it's my contribution to helping to save the environment. I'm like, okay, that's great. We're all in this together. Right. <laughs> <You know>? <laughs> no, <laughs> we're not, you know? Right. No, we're not. We already have an infrastructure with gas pumps. Well, let's just go that way. Um, there's insanity on the other side, but it's the same thing where they get the masses to buy into their their economic solution through fear, right? Yeah. Isn't it? Well, here, I mean, here's it's a mouthful was, of stuff I just gave you, but well, you, you you talk about gas prices, right? This is the political consequences of or economic consequences of politics, pretty much. So, so if you look back to August 22nd through 24th, the BRICS nations met in Durban, South Africa, right? And you and I have covered this, but but this is a little bit of a different twist to that. So what did Putin say on the first day of that meeting of all these BRICS nations? We're going to de-dollarize de de the world and it's irreversible and it's our objective. Hmm. So what is the objective of the BRICS nations to be the reserve currency of the world? Now, you can you can build up every foundational aspect that you can, um, which they've done. You amass a bunch of countries, collectively your economy's massive, your military's massive, your political clout is growing, right? That's what you need. Huge problem. US dollar is still the world's reserve currency, right? So so this was Putin's objective, and he's a he's a astute mafia boss politician, right? Um, yeah. so he says, Hey, we we've gotta, you know, have Luigi come in and, and cut off the knees of our competition, right? So can, how can do you I do that? Can I add something? Yeah, correct me if I'm wrong. I had this discussion with somebody, at, uh, you know, about, about Putin. Uh, when Putin said that, they said, oh, he's just a rogue operator. 
I said, no, when he spoke out, it was almost as if he were a spokesperson because you can't be part of the bricks and then step out there and say, you're going to take everybody off the rails. When he spoke about de-dollarization, he was speaking on behalf of all of them. He was just the, the not so polite guy to put it out there, right? Yeah, he was, he's, he's the one that's willing to put his reputation on the line. A lot of the other one might be kind of political pansies, sure. Right. But, but he's always out there. He's the spokesperson for the BRICS nations. He's, he's very politically astute. He's, I mean, when I say mafia, it's like, I kind of mean it, right? It's like yeah. they rule and control by fear, manipulation, and greed. And well, that's the mafia way, right? So, so what does he tell the world? This is also part of their way is they broadcast what they're going to do out of fear, right? Mm -hmm. It's like, we are going to de-dollarize, you know, so look out because we're coming. I mean, they, they brag about their how powerful they are. And so how did they do that? So this is where politics and economics collide, right? So, so they can't be the world's reserve currency with the U.S. dollar still there. So they have to dismantle it. Well the part of the dismantling is all of these BRICS nations, Pete, which are like 70% of the world's population now come January 1st, when they added six of the nine largest oil producers in the world. And, and you've got 70% of the world's population trading with each other's currency and not the U S dollar hmm. a in one fell swoop. You've, you've gotten rid of the U S dollar as the world's reserve currency B you've gotten rid of the U S dollars, the petrodollar. Right. And so, so there's no more demand for our currency. This actually brings us to today's news, which is debt ceiling stuff, right? So so this is where Putin's winning and, and we're losing. So so over the weekend, you know, McCarthy and Biden, you know, they're talking about the debt ceiling. And it's like, so a couple of weeks ago, you and I had spoken. It's like, here here's our prediction. Either, and, and, and I didn't think at the time that it was just going to be a rubber stamp. It's like, because throughout history, 16 of the last 20 years, it's, you know, the government's run out of money and they have to raise the debt ceiling and it's just a rubber stamp approval. Because when you look at our budget of the United States and go to whitehouse.gov, you know, look at the federal budget, um, about 80% of everything we bring in in federal tax revenue, which is the income for the government at the federal level, goes out towards social security medicare medicaid women infant children programs food stamps and and you know with but social security being a mandatory payment to me that's not an entitlement mm. anything that you have to pay into your whole life is not an entitlement you should just get it because you paid into it it's your benefit right but but you can't change it without an absolute mutiny on your hands because it's easy to give it's really hard to take away as a politician so so if you were to not raise the debt ceiling or even worse yet for them slash expenses which is what any normal person would do if you're faced with bankruptcy well you would say well let's cut expenses well they can't because here's where people are going to throw rotten fruit at me i don't care what side of the aisle you're on politically politicians don't view people as people mm -hmm. they view them as votes right it's a difference difference in how you treat people yeah. one is for your benefit one is for their benefit right so politicians now view people as votes and so you're not going to take something away because you're not going to get another vote from them so this is why throughout history they just rubber stamp just boom yep we'll raise the debt ceiling no questions asked this is the first time where i didn't think that that would necessarily be the case 
because of what happened during the BRICS meetings and Putin's announcement saying we're going to de-dollarize the world, there's there's no capital inflow coming into U.S. Treasuries anymore. So if you raise the debt ceiling, then you're going to be forced, if there's no capital inflow, to print money like there's no tomorrow. See, in the past, they've always had built-in demand for the U.S. dollar because of the reserve currency status and the petrodollar status. So that's why they said, okay, let's just raise the debt ceiling. We've got money coming in. We'll pay for it. It's not a big deal, blah, blah, blah. That goes on for decades. Now, for the first time since really 1944, when we became the world's reserve currency under the Bretton Woods Act, we're, we're no longer really hold that position. So any spending that we have, we have to have offsetting revenue. We don't have that revenue. So what's the way to pay for it? You print money. This is the problem that politicians are faced with right now and why I didn't think it was going to be just a rubber stamp approval, which how, it wasn't. How can, because how can what did you, Biden do? Yeah, they, they say the full, uh, we, we must raise the debt ceiling uh, because of the full faith and credit of the, you know, I'm like, how can you even put the two together? It's like the full faith and credit. I'm good for what I'm, uh, what, what I say I'm going to do because I got lots of credit cards. What is it? You've well, overextended yourself. That's perfectly fine in the past. Hmm. You know, full faith and credit in the United States, people had it. But what happens if you lose full faith and credit? Of that's people? what I mean. We're losing that, aren't we? We, we lost it. I mean, we, we, we truly have, have lost it. It's, hmm. it's, so so here's here's the issue moving forward is biden basically got together with mccarthy and said hey let's let's give a 45-day extension to the debt ceiling okay so if we remember if we go back in history just a few months when we had the debt ceiling talks before what did they do you know i thought they were going to add a few trillion dollars to the debt ceiling they did not they actually gave Congress a blank check until the election. Mm -hmm. And they said, you can spend as much as you want until the election. That's the new debt ceiling, Insane. right? It's like, okay, this is garbage. Because if you have a blank check, who does that benefit? The people that are in power now. So in an election year, the ones that control the purse strings get the benefit from that because there's an unlimited check. Mm -hmm. So when they extend the debt ceiling, you bring in all of those provisions with it except they had one notable exclusion. No more funding for Ukraine for the next 45 days. So Ukraine is now bellyache and saying, you can't, you gotta be kidding. You're giving us $43 billion and now you're just cutting us off, you know, cold turkey. It's like, now what? Now Putin's gonna be able to run us over. So Putin's gotta be sitting there thinking, hey, I'm gonna actually There's attack Ukraine right now because we have no funding from the United States so we have free reign at it. I think the debt ceiling is its not just a domestic issue, right? So I think the geopolitical ramifications of this are gonna be massive, which this is what they want. I, I'm not saying that I wanna spend all this frivolous money on, on defending Ukraine and building up their pension funds when we have retirees in America that aren't getting anything because our president wants to give to Ukraine more than he wants to give to us, right? But. But here's where the political consequences, the economic consequences ultimately are going to be ugly um, because that'll probably escalate the wartime monstrosity. And what happens during wartime? Stocks, bonds, mutual funds, they all come down. And it's an expensive proposition. We're gonna have to print more money to fund this thing ultimately, right? And But, but they're all gonna do it kind of off the books. It, the, this is, 
they have an unlimited check writing capability still, except for Ukraine. So I think the geopolitical tensions escalate, but they're just going to print money like there's no tomorrow. And how do I know this? Because COVID 2.0, they've already promised that that's coming. Right. And they're going to shut people down. They're going to have mask mandates. They're going to have travel restrictions. And now you've got other state leaders like um, Sarah Huckabee Sanders in Arkansas, the governor of Mississippi and some others that are saying, (laughs) we don't care what the federal government says. We're we're not going to comply with these stupid mask mandates and travel restrictions and state shelter in place laws that this is we're not going to impact our people again negatively like we did before. So we're, we're entering into a time of complete utter cataclysmic chaos and that's going to impact the markets in a negative way but yeah. it'll impact gold and silver in a positive way but stocks bonds mutual funds real estate i think i'll come crashing down because they're they're what they have to do is print money like there's no tomorrow ultimately raise interest rates to slow down that inflation here's where i say i don't care what jerome powell says how they're winning the war on inflation and they can pause interest rates for a while. It's gonna be a short while Mm -hmm. because they're not winning the war on inflation. Go to California. What's the price of gas at the pumps? It's pushing $7 a gallon again. Unbelievable. It's $5 a gallon again. It's like they haven't won the war on inflation at all. Hmm. Okay, in preparation for our visit, uh, and Deb and I actually since last night have been digging into this, and uh, I just wanna float this out there. Uh, So if I, make any definitive statements, I, I, I don't know what I'm saying. I really don't. I don't know how this pans out. As far as the de-dollarization, the bricks and all that stuff, there's a lot of manipulation that's going on. So how can you really rely upon or predict, you know, uh, either the dollar going down or, or you know, or, or gold and silver going up? What I say, how can you predict it with the manipulation, the manipulation that's going on, A? And B, another thing that we're noticing, an explosion, and I mean an explosion, BlackRock and the Clinton Global Initiative right now, Russia hasn't even finished bombing yet. They're already rebuilding Ukraine. And there's tens of billions of dollars flowing to Ukraine. We got taxpayer dollars going there. We got pallets of missiles going. We got Ukraine aid going. And then they're on the other side of it to catch it all. To do what? To... Is it a washing machine? Is it a, uh, you know, war is good for them? They're, it seems like they're really happy about the destruction of Ukraine because they're rebuilding it to the tune of tens of billions of dollars. Yeah. Right? So y- y- it, it's true. And in, and in that statement, you brought up manipulation, right? With BlackRock mm-hmm. and everything else. If you could pull up for me, because mm-hmm. this is this is a great time to talk about. Let's okay. pull up usdebtclock.org because okay. I want to show everybody something. Hey, you know what I had on the screen? You know what I want to show you? By the way, uh, before I do that, the first visual I'm going to give you is what $1 trillion looks like. Here it is. You ready? Okay. Look at this. <laughs> that's $1 trillion right there. Okay, so when I pull up the debt clock, here it comes. You ready, ladies and gentlemen? Uh, now you're gonna see the deck clock. This is a, a real time representation of what the debt is doing. And I wanna make sure that um, uh, I scrunch it down a little bit so so that we can see the full, can we see the full screen? We can, yes. Let me. So, okay. Mm-hmm. So this, this website is incredible um, because 
anybody speaking about numbers can make numbers lie, right? But numbers themselves don't actually lie. So what I want to show you is how these numbers relate to each other and, and where, where we're looking. So if you go to the right-hand side, the far right, uh, about a third of the way down the screen, there's a, there's a green box with a red arrow pointed at it. Yeah. Okay, so, so that is the dollar supply. And it's stinking negative. It's like almost minus $800 billion. So what is that? So that supply that they're measuring right there is the M2 money supply. That's that's checking accounts, savings accounts, liquid assets that you have ready, ready access to in like your checking account and banks, okay? Hmm. So it's coming down about $800 billion. So when you look at that number, you, you isolate it and you say, why? Why is it coming down, right? Because people have said, well, Kirk, makes no sense. If you're show telling us that money supply is coming down and you've told us that inflation is a function of increasing money supply and then printing money like there's no tomorrow, what's the deal? <laughs> so good question, two different money supplies, right? So, so this one that they're measuring is stuff in the banks, which tells us what? They are pulling money out of the banks. Since the beginning of this year, they've pulled out eight, almost $800 billion of money out of the banking system, which means those banks don't have that money to lend. They don't have that money to stimulate the economy for moms and pops who need inventory loans, who need equity lines of credit, who need excess equity or excess uh, space on their credit cards, right? Or whatever, mm -hmm. the, they're pulling that money out of the system. Now, what is something that they're not pulling out of the system, which is actually causing inflation? is the true money supply, right? Which is called MZM. So MZM, they stopped measuring years ago because that would include money for foreign aid, money for stimulus, money that they're printing that just goes to other countries that never reaches the hands of people, right? So that massive amount of money that's been created is the root cause of inflation. So you've got that happening but money being pulled out of the banking system, which makes it harder on us as individuals because we can't access capital, that's the worst of all possible combinations. It's almost like they're manufacturing a crisis, if you were to ask me. So, hmm. so here's where any number divided by zero is zero, right? I mean, so, mm -hmm. so, the, so they have this other metric on there. Do you go just a couple boxes down from there? And there's those yellow lines, those yellow arrows that are pointed to two different things. The silver, the dollar to silver ratio and the gold silver or the dollar to gold ratio. Where are we they at? Show, uh, uh, just above the bottom right corner. Uh, so you go to the red, the green square where there's the red arrow. Yeah. And then down one box and over to the left, you see those yellow arrows that oh, are yeah. showing. Yeah. So, so silver to dollar and gold to dollar, they show zero. Why? Because the way they measure the price of silver and gold per ounce relative to the dollar would have to be a function of a growing money supply. Well, the money supply is not growing, it's shrinking. So they've shown zero since January 1st. And people have had all kinds of conspiracy theories. It's like, hey, Kirk, look, they're already preparing for rainbow currency for this and that, and the money's going away and blah, blah, blah. It's like, no, it's simpler than that. You, if you divide anything by zero or even a negative number, it's going to show you zero, right? So, so what they did on this usdebtclock.org just this week is they added these two other columns. These, so right next to those, 
it, it, it shows in that same area. Let's focus on the silver one first. Dollar to silver ratio in 1913, $2.69 an ounce. That's what silver was when the Federal Reserve Act came into play and the Federal Reserve became the Federal Reserve. 269 an ounce. So this past, well, 10 months, you know, just this year, the money supply has been shrinking. It's been zero, but, but before they started, you know, decreasing the M2 money supply, you can look back the 10 year money supply increase overall, you know, with all the money that they're creating for stimulus and everything else and foreign aid and all that, with the money supply increases, that would put silver at $1,121 an ounce today. That's what the true price of silver would be without manipulation. See, this is the cost of manipulation. Silver is about $22 an ounce, mm. not $1,121 an ounce. That's the cost of manipulation. Right. If you look at this number over the last five years, that number is $1,558 per ounce. So here's where I get excited about what we're advising people and we're helping people and recommending. People look at, you know, make your own decision, right? I'm not, I'm not telling you to do anything, but I'm telling you, look at the fundamentals of the markets. Look at, even if I, Pete and you, were the dumbest people on earth. <laughs> I mean, let's just make that assumption. We are so dumb that we can hardly fog up a mirror. We're so dumb, right? So, so. If, even if I were 90% wrong on my projections of where I think silver is going, what even with the conservative estimate of what silver should be worth $1,121 an ounce, even if I'm 91% wrong, that puts silver to $112 an ounce. We're at 22, right? This is crazy. So, so this is if I'm 90% wrong, it goes to over $100 an ounce. Well, I've been telling people for for a year now that I think silver hits 75 to $100 an ounce. This is the reason why. This is what it's done historically during short squeezes and everything else. It's a great, great way to protect and preserve, minimize your risk, maximize your return. Even if, so let's just say I'm not as, not as dumb as 90% off, but I'm 50% off. That still puts silver at over $600 an ounce, right? So, so this is why I can have confidence in saying, you know what, you wanna minimize your risk, maximize your return? This number on silver looks great. Now let's look at the number on gold. See, in 1913, when the Federal Reserve Act came in, gold was $27.24 an ounce. That's what it was. So over the last five years, minus manipulation, you add in the money supply increases. Gold should be over the last 10 years, $9,300 an ounce. Over the last five, if you look at the money supply creation over COVID and all the stimulus that we're seeing, hmm. should be $12,500 an ounce. Well, it's not, it's less than 2,000. See, it doesn't show the extreme manipulation that we've seen on the silver market. Because of the manipulation still, you're saying. I'm sorry, what's that? It's because it's due to the manipulation. Yes. It so should naturally it, be, be because of the trend of the dollar, right? Yep. It should yeah, be, so, right. So look at this, consider this. People say, well, why would I invest in silver if it's manipulated that bad, right? So so if you look back at to where silver was in March of 2020, it was $11.91 an ounce. You look at where it is today, it's 22. That's up almost 100% in three and a half years. That's about 30% a year, annualized growth. That's incredible. That's the numbers with manipulation, right? Mm. So it's like, that's still an amazing return, right? Imagine what we're going to get 
when manipulation is exposed for what it is. And BlackRock and JP Morgan stopped their naked shorts because they've been exposed. Um, they're, not, they're not manipulating the markets because they hate silver. They're manipulating the markets because they love it, right? So mm. when they can issue a naked short, it means you can sell something that you don't actually own. Pete, can you sell something that you don't actually own? No. No. Can I? Not no. legally, yeah. It's illegal for Stolen people to do that. Yeah. But these big banks can. They can actually sell short something that they don't already own, right? So, so they're selling it. That puts downward pressure on the price. When the price comes down of silver, they buy it up. Because when BlackRock bought the silver ETF from State Street Bank a few years ago, they got rid of HSBC as the custodian of the silver and picked JP Morgan Chase. So so Morgan Stanley, right? So they got they got a fine of like nine hundred million dollars, like a billion dollar fine for lying mm. about the custodianship of the amount of silver that they actually hold in custodianship for people. Well, this was happened before BlackRock picked them. It's not like it came after the fact. So they they willingly chose somebody who got caught with their hand in the cookie jar and said, yeah, that, that's a good option to have be the custodian. So why would you pick somebody who's a criminal? Well, criminals like to hang around with criminals, right? I, I think that the, the BlackRock and, and JP Morgan are, are in cahoots, not because they hate silver, because they love it. So if you are a business owner and you're manufacturing something, you wanna keep your cost of goods as low as you can, right? So you can make a, a bigger profit. This is exactly what they do. When BlackRock tells JP Morgan to say, hey, we've got a bunch of shares, you know, silver ounces you need to purchase because we sold all these shares of ETF. So what does JP Morgan say? Okay, we got to buy like a million shares, so or a million ounces of silver. So let's, let's, you know, drive the price down with a naked short. We'll buy it up on the dip. And then that causes more demand. The price goes up. They say, oh, it's gotten too high. More naked shorts drives the price down. They buy up more physical silver on the dip. This is the manipulation game. But even with that, You've seen silver grow from 1191 an ounce to 22 over the last three and a half years. This is incredible, right? So, mm. so what what I'm saying is, we can be really far off in our projection, and people can still be really confident in the growth moving forward. One other big reason why we can be so confident is look down farther on that U.S. debt clock page. At the very bottom, there's a, that red bar at the bottom of the screen. Right here. Um, that that area right there. Yes. So what does that tell us? So social security liability is about $23 trillion. Medicare liability is about $36 trillion. Here's the big one. U.S. unfunded liabilities. Mm -mm -mm. Everything that Congress has already passed in bills that said, hey, we're going to have these spending programs over the next five years, next 10 years. You know, you know, we have to have money for this, money for that, whatever. These people are spending like drunken sailors. They're absolutely bonkers, insane. That's $194 trillion, Pete, uh -huh. of unfunded future debt obligations to us as U.S. taxpayers, as citizens of America. Congress has voted in $194 trillion of unfunded future debt. It's like there's no way to, that we can recover from that yeah. without a complete system change, a change in the monetary so, system as we know it. So basically that bottom level times 194. Yeah, that's <laughs> a lot of big, huge pallets <laughs> of billions, right? I mean, seriously. Uh, 
Oh my goodness. Oh, okay, uh, can can we um, officially declare that a forty five day uh, extension is kicking the can down the road and never ever they never do anything to reduce the debt ever, ever ever ever, never. They're, yeah, we can officially say that because they won't. So because here's here's the deal. Biden said, "Hey, this is way too important. We got to have a forty five day extension. Congress, figure it out." Congress, you know, I was listening to Nomi Prinz the other day, and and I like Nomi Prinz, by the way. Do you like her? Oh, yeah, I think she's brilliant. I've had her on before years ago. Oh, she's she's amazing. She's absolutely flipping brilliant. But and she's an insider, right? She's been involved in all these political machinations of economics and everything throughout the decades. Well, she, I mean, she made the comment of they never actually really don't raise the debt ceiling because it is a function of votes right it's a function of if you shut this game down society collapses which is why they always continue to raise it which is why i don't think they're going to stop now right so what but what we've got is this weird mm, political messaging and and undertow that's that's kind of permeating everything and so within the gop you've got these hardliners that are now saying we're not gonna to continue to write blank checks. We're not gonna to continue to raise the debt ceiling give and, and reward the government for for spending frivolously like drunken sailors. You know, it's not a huge number of them, but it's, it's a growing number, right? So they're the ones that are the opposition. Then you've got the other side of the GOP, which this is my paraphrase, that's pretty stinking close to actually what they 100% said is simply this. We're, we're not going to cut spending. <laughs> okay, seriously, what party are you part of? Right? It's the uniparty. It's, it's, you've got these, these, most of the GOP say we're not going to cut spending, which is the same as the World Economic Forum, the same as the globalists, the same as the Democrats. Literally, it's the uniparty. We're not going to cut spending. Just keep raising the debt ceiling. The implications of not paying people, federal employees, their wages, not giving people their federal pensions, not you know shutting down the education department shutting down infrastructure not funding the military not giving people their entitlements the ramifications that are way too severe at this point so therefore we're not cutting spending Hmm. but they did cut ukraine funding for 45 days which brings in political chaos and madness which i think adds into their narrative pete that they want to create crisis so they can usher in something new Mm-hmm. something which is ugly which is central bank digital currency which is all about people control i think all of these things these these puzzle pieces start to connect when you start to look at it from a 30,000 foot view the uh, uh, black black rock they say uh can we talk about the money laundering that's going on in mm-hmm. in the ukraine how can you and and you hear janet yellen saying that war is good for the economy, which is the most one of one of the most insane things. But then you look at how the Clinton Global Initiative and BlackRock and all. Have you seen them? You know what? I suggest you do this. I literally have twenty something articles right now that we're digging through. Corporations are piling on. Massive corporations are piling into Ukraine. Um, there, there, there's there's no pro- what, what is the product there is rebuilding uh 
But I, but I don't. How is Ukraine going to? I think it's nation building, trying to create allies because they're an agricultural giant in Eastern Europe. Where does the productivity come from to produce the money and the investment that goes in there? You see what I mean? Like, yeah. Who's going to pay? Or we're going to build a new building because that the old one got blown up. Okay. Well, where's the money coming from? Right. Where's it coming from? See. The, I know. The I, I hate to dumb the thing down, but you see what I mean? No, it's it's a brilliant point because what you mentioned about Janet Yellen saying that war was good for the economy, what a stupid thing to say. I mean, why would she say that? In the, in the short term, you have to hire people to to recreate infrastructure, to manufacture bullets, to manufacture tanks, to manufacture airplanes, to rebuild. Right. So, so. But to me, that's the immediate so in the in a sense she's right um war always causes people to be hired in the short term but the medium and long-term implications are devastating war is expensive people die it, it it's it's mismanagement of money because you could use that to truly build up an infrastructure and something that's productive rather than just rebuild something that you just blew up right it's like it's a waste of money mm. right so so the fact that she would say that tells us that this is a political narrative because she can't be accused of lying about it because in the short term, it's true. You hire people to rebuild that that is there for right now. But medium and long term, these are very expensive. You create debt and it's mismanagement of, of funds. It's, you know, you, for all of the Austrian economists out there, um, Hazlitt's broken window fallacy. It's like, why would you spend money to to you know, replace a broken window on a bakery when you could use that money to actually build a road or computers or infrastructure, something better, right? It's it's misuse of funds that don't necessarily need to be used for what you're using it for. This is the exact thing of foreign aid, right? Foreign aid is usually the biggest colossal waste of money ever because if, if a country needs money to survive, they probably wouldn't have survived without that money. So, so just let them fail on their own. This is capitalism. This is what I tell my kids. I give my kids the ability to make decisions for, that they can actually fail from or succeed from. Hmm. Failure is not a bad thing if you learn from your failures, right? Because you're never gonna go back to that again. Um, and this is why failure is okay. It's what do you take from that? It's like. I never, I don't like that feeling. I don't like wasting money. I'm never gonna go down that road again. I didn't like to be punished, whatever the answer is, right? It's like, let's not go down that route. Let's just choose a different op option. One that's of success, one that'll cause us to thrive. Foreign aid hardly ever, literally ever falls into the category of, this is a good use of funds, right? This is a waste of money. So we have to start looking at things when we have scarcity of money, like it's nobody's business, because banks are running out. The only reason we have money is because of stimulus and because of money that they're printing out of thin air. We have to have a change of regime. We have to change the way that the economy is run. Using other people's money always runs out. You have to grow the economy, create jobs, get people to spend on their own, lower taxes, lower interest rates to create growth that's what will move us forward with success but we have the absolute opposite right now and i don't see it changing anytime real soon again i hate to dumb it down but i'm reading their stuff again and and you you know uh either say santelli you're absolutely right they're out of their freaking minds but look at this 
the world's largest construction site. The race is on to rebuild Ukraine. This, I mean, there, there's a massive propaganda campaign going on here, all right? Uh, but, but here's what I say. When the U.S. Um, uh, Chamber of Commerce comes together, I mean, a noble effort, sure, let's, let's, let's rebuild the war-torn country. And you know they're going to take uh, uh, U.S. banksters, they're, they're going to go over there. Well, if I make a loan for a construction loan, that needs to be paid back, yes? I mean, I, I, I hate to oversimplify it. No, it needs but to be, any build, loan needs to be paid gonna, back. Huh? Every loan needs to be paid back, right. yes. Right, so this is, uh, so again, I'm going to go back to my point. How, how do these guys expect to be getting paid for these construction loans that are going on in Ukraine? Right? I mean, the simple that, person needs to think, Pete, you're right. I mean, look, look, look at this right here. Meet the investors rebuilding Ukraine. All right. We're not just talking about a couple of banks and BlackRock. We're talking about a massive, massive effort here. Look at this. Members, uh, member companies of the National Association of Manufacturers donating millions and millions of dollars to support the Ukraine. Massive consortiums, BlackRock, JP Morgan, McKinsey working on Ukraine construction bank. Where's the money coming from? I don't get this. Well, it's coming from, I wouldn't even say you and me. Um, it's coming from the Fed, from central banks printing money like there's no tomorrow that people didn't vote for. It's right, they just print it. And that's what causes inflation globally. Inflation isn't um, isolated to just the United States. Central banks all over the world are printing money to fund this kind of stuff. And it's causing inflation everywhere, which is why the system needs to be fixed. Don't you wish you had an unlimited credit card you didn't have to worry about paying the bill? Of course. Who would? That's the way they're running the place. <laughs> right? Yeah. That's exactly the way they're running the place. And, and and no end in sight as to stopping spending. What is that? A That's a canary in the coal mine for something. When they have zero intention of cutting spending, which they don't, zero intention of uh, cutting, you know, cutting the debt ultimately, uh, then continuing to, to ramp this thing up at an accelerated pace. What does that tell you? That they, the, the system is at its end and they're yeah. trying to convert as much as they can. Like for instance, so that, that's if I know that tells me. conversion, yeah. right, is, oh my goodness, if money's really bad, if I take money out of the account and I go buy some land, I lock it in. That's, that's conversion, right? I'm converting it from vulnerable money to locking in assets. Aren't they doing that right now? That's what they're doing. That's what they're doing. Yeah, that's what wow. they're doing. Holy cow. Wow. All right. Uh, again, back to, can we take another uh, look at this thing here? Uh, because uh, uh, interest paid, I'm looking at this block right here. So yeah. This block right here. In interest paid. Now, unfunded liabilities, it, let's, uh, if we could, dumb it down just so that the average carpenter that's listening to us on, on audio, he's listening to us. Un unfunded liabilities means, let's, we'll just use the union analogy. You got union workers working, they're putting money in the bucket, right? And let's say you got 10,000 union workers and money's in the bucket for the retirement, right? And you built up a 10,000 union workers, you got a billion dollars in the bank for retirement. But 
7,000 union workers are going to retire and you're going to need $10 billion in the bank, right? You got a billion there sitting there, but you're going to need 10 billion. That means that nine is unfunded. People are going to retire. You're going to have to pay those retirements. That becomes unfunded, right? Yeah. Yeah. So let's go back to the unfunded liabilities. Where was that? It's Unf bottom right. Um, bottom right, red. Right here, hundred and ninety-four. Say that number again. It's a hard. Hundred and ninety-four trillion. Hundred and ninety-four trillion dollars. You know, so, it's, you, you want to see something that's even creepier? Yeah. Go to the left of that. U.S. Uh, total at national assets, hundred and ninety-seven trillion. That means. Oh my goodness! If we sold everything. Seventy-six. Uh huh. All that we have to show for us as an entire country is $3 trillion worth of growth. Because wow. we have $197 trillion in assets, $194 trillion in unfunded liabilities moving forward to generate those assets. We're only $3 trillion positive after 250 years. What? That's the gross mismanagement. No, if you don't mind me saying so, uh, I'm dumber than the box of paper clips, okay? If we sold off all of our assets, that would cover what we're going to be short anyway. We wouldn't even be able to cover what we're supposed to be paying, our funded liabilities, plus the Correct. unfunded, right? Or, or our, that, would only in the hole. Cover, that would only cover 10% of our national debt because there's $3 trillion left. Our national debt's $33 trillion. I mean, seriously, the, when you look at this as a business owner, it's like, Oh my word, I would fire the CEO yesterday because mm -hmm. they've completely mismanaged. They don't they don't know how to run a company, right? Mm -hmm. But it's it's our political leaders that have done exactly this. 194 trillion over the last over the last 250 plus years to generate 197 trillion in assets. But but that's the unfunded liability. All of these other, this other garbage that we have, the national debt and everything else, we're so far below water. I mean, this is just ugly, which is why I don't think how we started the show that it's absolutely a rubber stamp that they're just going to extend the debt ceiling next time. It's not that easy. They're going to pretend to work on it, right? They're going to pretend, oh, we got to, we got to negotiate, right? Um, because by by Thanksgiving time, we got to go in this smoke-filled back room, come up with an agreement figure out how we're going to save America. They'll come out and they'll say, yeah, we fixed it. You know, we're going to raise the debt ceiling. We, we've come to a solution. We've agreed. We've negotiated. We're amazing politicians. And all they're going to do is continue to raise the debt ceiling, get us deeper and deeper and deeper in this debt, which debt is the Achilles heel of any economy. A borrower is a slave to the lender where you've got Putin spouting off at the BRICS nations. What are they doing? The opposite. They're replacing us as the world's reserve currency. They've added six of the nine largest oil producers in the world. They've got the world's largest manufacturer in China. They're actually adding assets. We're adding debt. Mm. This is a problem moving forward and, and people should not be happy about that. All right, sir. So the Petro, right, mm -hmm. economy. Um, I'm, I'm hearing that the EV, plant, there's a big, huge EV plant. Where the heck is it? Um, is it in Michigan? I think it's in Michigan. Um, it has surpassed its capability. They need to build a new cold fire plant, basically, to, <laughs> to 
to, to keep the manufacturing the yeah. the, electro, uh, the electric vehicle plant they got to build another cold fire plant because it's just pumping it's cranking but they got to build a cold coal fire plant uh to do that this uh, this push towards electric is a disaster yeah it is a, a disaster. disaster it's a disaster do you see any emerging technologies that efficient i mean you got nuclear fusion you got all all kinds of very innovative uh things but uh, the the powers that be always suppress the new technologies um are they too bought off is my question on solar and electric but too invested in that crappy idea or do you think yeah, a, a free I mean, or do you think a free market will push through emerging efficient technologies I mean, you could. I mean, you've got nuclear, you've got hydrogen, you've got all these different power, you know, cheap power moving forward. Um, we, we have everything that we need to actually be successful. Hmm. What we don't have to be successful is political unification, right? Oh. We, we don't. We've got, we've got the Democrats that are, they don't care about anything other than their agenda, which is a green world, which is very expensive. We don't have that. You have to coordinate in the middle somewhere. Hmm. Um, Mm. I just found an answer to your question you asked at the beginning of the show. Ah. It's pretty cool. You asked about Reagan's debt. Yeah. On the very top of usdebtclock.org, see the little time machine button? Let's go to that. Very top right. Hmm. Right there. Hit the red, go to the left, so you can, on the time machine, oh, up, 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 up here, to the right, nope. To the right. They're right there. That's, so we see where it says time machine? Yeah. Okay, so click on that, and click 1980. Oh, no kidding. That was the debt was when Reagan became president. That was the chart. Yeah. <laughs> it was a skinny chart. Yeah, there's not much there. But look at the debt. It's not even a trillion dollars. One trillion. Wow. At least you could fit it. At least you so, could fit so it in the imagine photo. Imagine this. Huh. 1776 to 1980. We went from zero to a trillion dollars. From 1980 until 2023, 43 years, we went from a trillion to 33 trillion. Our politicians are mad. <laughs> Absolute insanity. Um, all right, sir. When you balance everything out, people call you. They call like crazy. I know this because I try to get a hold of you, and you're uh, obviously yeah. on on the phone uh, doing 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 appointments, right? A lot of people are calling you right now. It's a lot of fear, stuff like that. But not no. I ask. I've been asking you the past couple times. What is everybody? What's the sentiment of everybody calling? We already know that. We know what the sentiment is. You need to make the telephone call. You need to be concerned about asset preservation, okay? Now, um, I'm gonna give you not necessarily a role play. I know there's a lot of different variables. Um, based on market conditions, a lot of manipulation, a lot of volatility, a lot of uncertainty. Uh, where are you pointing? Like, where's your vision when you're talking to somebody and say, you know what, this is what I'm looking at. Dollar stable, you know, silver's gonna explode through the road, whatever it is. What do you what are you what are you telling people, right? Big now? macro lens. Yeah. Um 
stock market, bond market, mutual funds, it's a function of revenues. So if you've got declining revenues because wages are coming down, inflation is going up, cost of borrowing is going up, they're going to come down. So, so you just simply get out as soon as you can. If something's coming down, get out as soon as you can. Those exact fundamentals, unsustainable debt, inflationary pressures, political chaos, geopolitical conflict, cause gold and silver to go up. So therefore, we reallocate out of stuff that's coming down, go into something that's going up for the time being, not saying stocks and bonds are bad forever, they're just bad for right now because we've got bad politics, right? So, so you reassess, you reposition into strength to minimize your risk, maximize your return, big macro view that's what i'm looking at it's like get out of harm's way get out of the path of the hurricane i'm not saying that this is a forever investment i'm saying this is the best thing for right now to protect and preserve right and in any given moment if um you know all of a sudden tomorrow the dollar becomes the hottest thing on the planet yeah you'll you'll i mean you're not necessarily i mean if you know if coconuts are are the currency of the day or when russia collapsed when the Soviet Union collapsed, did I tell you what the two currencies were? I heard this from uh, not just one, a couple people. They said that the top currency, if you owned spools of fishing line, you were a, like an oligarch during the collapse. <laughs> if you had vodka and fishing line, people were going hungry and they were desperate for that types of stuff. So wow. if, if, if we determine tomorrow uh, that fishing line is the new currency. Then you take your nest egg and you start. You, you shift line. where it's appropriate. Yeah, absolutely. Correct? Okay. You just convert it Good. to whatever the currency of the day is. You just convert it. All right, ladies and gentlemen. So you have. To, oh, there's no doubt about it. There is changes. There's volatility. Uh, make sure that you're there to be able to analyze it. We're here with Santilli and Elliot. At any given moment, when news breaks, we're going to help make sense of this stuff. We follow it. I've got. 20 articles I'm going to read about this Ukraine thing. We'll be covering that later on today. 720-605-3900 or go to kirkelliottphd.com forward slash Santilli. Say it, I heard you on Santilli and Elliot. And ladies and gentlemen, that's all we got time for. Dr. Kirk, thank you very, very much. All right. Bye-bye. There, there it is, ladies and gentlemen. One trillion dollars.